What's going on, everybody? Drone on here with you. It is Thursday, May 5th, 2022. I'm going to start my simulcast here with Cooper Hopkins as soon as the TBS side starts bringing the coverage. Let me give you the depth chart here. So it's Ropa Ants, Jason Robertson, Joe Pavelski, Ryan Suter, Amiro Heiskanen, Tyler Sagan, Vlad Nemestikov, Luke Glendening, Essa Lindell, and John Klingberg, Jay Ben, Michael Raffle, Dennis Gurionov with Joel Hanley and Yanni Hockenpah. The fourth line is Redick Foxo, Joel Kiravana, and Alexander Radulov. For the Calgary Flames, Elias Lindholm, Johnny Gaudreau, Matthew Kachuk, Noah Hannafin, and Rasmus Anderson. From the Cal Backlund, Andrew Madripani, Tyler Toffoli, Oliver Shillington, and Christopher Tanev. Kelly Arncroft, Dylan Dubé, Blake Coleman, Nikita, Zor Nikita Zadorov, and Eric Branson with Trevor Lewis, Milan Lucic, and Brett Ritchie. So the two goalies in that will be Jake Ottinger and then Jacob Markstrom, 9-6 record of 266 goals against and a 921 save percentage. So as that stuff goes along, I'm just going to double check here once this goes through, and then we can join in the live cast together. But I wanted to just give you my thoughts and put some of that stuff in there right now as we go along. Waiting for everything else on the TBS side. I think that's what he's seeing. Right now I'm looking at the CBC side of it as well. So once that goes live and put that in there, we're going to join that in progress. But until then, let me give you this play-by-play -play and everything else for the beginning of this game. So it's going to be Elias Lindholm and Rope Hints set on the draw right now for these two. And this should be a really good contest. Again, the Calgary Flames won the game one, one to nothing. It was very physical. There was a lot going on between both teams. There was a lot of goals on both sides, and Jacob Markstrom only had to stop 16 shots. We're in the Scotiabank Saddle Dome in Calgary, Alberta. John out here with you. So this is the Sportsnet feed. If anything else is different on the TBS side, I will also relay that as well. So Johnny Gaudreau plays this one, falling to his knees. Uh, Matthew Kachuk trying to get this one through Essa Lindell, and Lindell bodies him off. Takes a big hit there. Does Heiskanen, and Lindell will get this one down the ice. Try to get this to Denis Gurionov, part of the third line that is checked in. And now this is Rasmus Anderson on the other side with Noah Hannafin. And a little bit offside, I think, was Johnny Gaudreau, but they said he scored, but I also heard the whistle blow. So I don't think this goal is going to count. I heard a whistle blow. Johnny Gaudreau went all the way in to score. Everyone else thought that Gaudreau was a little bit offside. And now we got an immediate scrap once again with Matthew Kachuk. And I don't see who's on the other side yet for Dallas. And immediately, as we talked about from game one with Kachuk, this was Klingberg once again. So they said Klingberg was not going to fight here with Kachuk. But we saw that one more time. And right now, it's going to have Matthew Kachuk going into the box with John Klingberg. And Johnny Gaudreau, as Klingberg took a little bit of an exception, it wasn't offsides. He goes in and scores, shoots on Jake Ottinger, and all of a sudden, the fireworks come out and start. So a very auspicious start here in Game 2 in the Scotiabank Arena Settle Dome between the Dallas Stars and the Calgary Flames. Matthew Kachuk was just feeding John Klingberg fist after fist as he went down on the bottom of the ice here. So I'm glad to be here with you. And again, once I see Cooper start that broadcast, I'm going to go hop right in there. But right now, let me just give you the immediate call as we go along. And then once we get through that, we can do the simulcast together. So this was a good game in the first game, like we said, one nothing. 
in the first one. Jacob Markstrom only had to make 16 saves. Now, every other series right now, except for the Carolina Hurricanes and the Boston Bruins, in the second game was even 1-1. Only Carolina took that 2-0 advantage. So we're going to see what happens. Yes, Dallas could probably get more shots than they did in the first game against Calgary, where they only had 16. But how much more are they going to give up when they go for more offensive pressure? So this is Shillington right now trying to bring the puck in. Goes off the wall. Tyler Toffoli trying to get to that one as he races to it. Elias Lindholm will keep this one in for Hannafin. Hannafin holding off the backhand side. Tries to bring this in around the boards as Tyler Toffoli still holding off the backhand. Leave it back for Hannafin. Door the right faceoff dot. Trying to spin around the net. First stop there by Ottinger. He's down and he gloves it. So another big couple saves there for Jake Ottinger. Again, not immediately rattled after giving up that first supposed attempt. Again, that was a little bit offsides as far as all of that for Johnny Gaudreau. But again, you would think when those flashing lights and everything else go off, Jake Ottinger, again, only 23 years of age. He was excellent in Game 1. And we'll see if he can bring a lot of that same intensity because he's going to need that. Dallas isn't one of those teams, as we talked about in the Open with some of the capsules, that the Calgary Flames are like a plus 86 and the Dallas Stars but a minus 8. So this is Lindholm and Ben on the draw right now for Dallas. Ben gets it clean. This one goes to Vladimir Mestikov now as he's trying to hold to get a cross a pass to Joe Pavelski. Joe Pavelski is going to wait and let this one go. It goes off the right side of the boards back to Jamie Ben. So this is interesting here with Pavelski and Ben here on the four on four. And we'll see how that would work when you go back to full strength of whether or not Rick Bonus is going to move some of those lines around. Bounce in front. This goes to Heiskinen. Heiskinen now trying to get this one to Yakumpa. It goes on the left side. Stopped there by Markstrom. Bounced out in front of the blue paint, but Calgary reinforcements are able to get out in front of this thing. Majapani now tries to hold off the backhand side here to get it across to Gaudreau. Somebody fell down on the other side. There was Yarncroc. Now he's getting a fist full from Joe Pavelski over there. And so 17.41 left to go in the first period. John out here with you. I'm going to be joined by Cooper Hoskins. He's going to take over the play-by-play -play as we go along. I'm just waiting for this stuff to start in a color cast, and then we will get right into it. Matching penalties, two-minute minors apiece, and now with just under 18 minutes, here comes Rasmus Anderson. He steps into the high slot area, turns, looks for the shot, going to pass this one over, and it's fanned on there by Johnny Gaudreau. Kelly Yarncroke is in the crease. He's getting roughed up there by Yanni Hockenpah, and play is whistled down. So 24 seconds to go here on the four-on-four. -four. Taking a look at Elias Lindholm's hit on Essa Lindell here. And we've got John Ott joining the broadcast here. It's time for ColorCast's best hockey mind to take the mic. I'm going to invite you right now, John, as the co-caster. This is the first time I've ever done this, so uh, happy to have you alongside for this is Game 2 contest between the Dallas Stars and the Calgary Flames. There are Flames here, and it's one back by Dallas. Welcome aboard, Mr. Ott. How you doing, man? Doing well, and uh, just glad that TBS finally decided to switch things over here as Dallas comes into the Calgary uh, Calgary defensive zone offside, so plays whistled down with two and a half minutes gone here in the first. 
Uh, how have your how have your cast been going? How have the uh, how have the playoffs been for you so far, pal? So I got to tell you, as we get a little bit of a stoppage here, uh, the first game I did was uh, just the triple overtime there on Tuesday between the Rangers and the Penguins, and I'm still kind of catching my breath from that. Took the extra day off. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say I blame you, and this is, uh, selfishly, I took the first day and a half here of the Stanley Cup playoffs to just enjoy things as a fan, and now we have Jacob Markstrom snagging a shot with the glove from the left point, and with 17-17 to go here in our opening period, Rope Hintz returns to the bench, and the puck is returned to the referee for a face-off to Markstrom's right, but as I was saying, yeah, I've, uh, I have, I've yet to jump in until right now, so I'm, I'm cutting my teeth and with some playoff color casting so to speak i'm glad to have you alongside well, i appreciate it i'm getting the feed set up in between uh cbc and tbs here as we speak very nice hopefully we're relatively synced up i have the only one i have is uh, tbs as uh dallas gets waved out of its own face-off here and it'll be the face-off will be taken by radulov against michael backland second line center for calgary wearing their classic home red uniforms and dallas has their White road uniforms, the green shoulder yoke. Puck down in the near corner here, taken by Nikita Zadorov and sent along the ice down to the Dallas end. Picked up there by Joel Hanley, and now near the Dallas bench, it's dropped back off for Hanley. He skates toward the red line, it's chipped in, and once again on the puck of Zadorov. He'll flick this one across his own zone and momentarily lost there, knee to knee contact. And going down was Eric Goodbranson. Brett Ritchie on the forecheck here. Dancing into the zone for Dallas is John Klingberg. Pressure there by Tanev, and the puck is knocked back to the blue line and eventually out. This should be an icing as it's sent all the way down past Ottinger and is touched up by Dallas. So for the record, I'm going to let you go ahead and take this call anyway. I know it's your cast, but I am a little bit ahead of you, so I will try to just chime in when I can here. I won't step on your toes. Let me see if I can, I'm actually, uh, if you want to give me, you know what, let me try to restart the uh, the app on my Apple TV here to try to see if the feed will snap in a little, uh, I mean it's it's HD, but I just let me see if it'll come back to No problem, I don't want to screw time. up anything that you're doing here, so. No, no problem, and, and uh, you know, basically I'm just curious anyway, just as a, a human being who loves hockey, I'm just curious to see what you think about that super low event, tight checking you know, hard-hitting first game between the Stars and the Flames. Okay, so... Just, uh, yeah, I, give, me I, your, give me your breakdown. I do have a few thoughts about that as we go in. Like I said, I was doing a lot of the playoff capsules leading into doing all eight series, and I saw it was a one nothing game, and I loved the physicality. Honestly, on the Dallas side, I didn't know that Michael Roffel could feed uh, fists like that <laughs> to the other side for some of the Calgary players, and I, I made this note, and again, this isn't to speak ill will of any of these teams, but I know... Uh, Calgary was like a plus 85 goal differential to Dallas's minus 8. And the fact that it was a one nothing game kind of made me think that this series might go a little bit longer than everyone else expected. I don't know if Calgary necessarily planned on playing Dallas. It happened in the last game of the season where it went to Nashville. But this should be a tight game, and I expect both of these teams to give their best efforts here in Game 2. Yeah, Matthew Kachuk himself admitted that the Flames were .1 seconds away from playing the Predators. Had he not knocked that goal in past David Riddick, then uh, they wouldn't have gone to overtime, eventually won that game against the Predators, and effectively, you know, it almost sounds like we're talking about some sort of alternate 1985 Back <laughs> to the Future scenario here. But uh, he's right. I mean, they were .1 seconds away, and I think, 
you make a great observation. I think they expected Nashville, got a different opponent here. Uh, you know, for Flames fans, of course, luckily, Calgary walks away with a, a very close 1-0 win. Uh, and I'm, I'm really curious, since Dallas is the only team with a negative goal differential in the playoffs, yes. if I'm if I'm reading that stat yes. correctly, um, you know I'm I'm curious as we have a penalty here, and of course, uh, John, you might be ahead of me. I just see a delayed penalty here that is now whistled down. Looks like we're gonna get goaltender interference. Yes, we are. Um, is that Ra- I have 15:04 remaining? Is Raffle? I've yes, seen Ra- him. I, that's what I right see now. right now. We're cut. We're okay. caught up. Great. Well, good deal. Then we're uh, then we're in business. And actually, the, another interesting thing I saw via NHL.com, credit where it's due there, is Raffle apparently has gotten bumped up based on his play from Game 1. I think he's on uh, the second line now after uh, spending time. He was either he was on one of the energy lines for Dallas, either third or fourth. It looks like he's bumped uh, up here with Jamie Benn tonight. Right, which is, which is a big promotion. And so we'll see if he can, he can answer the call here uh, made by Rick Bonus, his head coach. So goaltender interference, first power play of the game. Elias Lindholm is tied up here on the faceoff, and it's going to be eventually one back, picked up there by Calgary. Johnny Gaudreau from the high slot. There's a slap shot. It's off of somebody's helmet, it looks like, potentially the back of Hockenpah. And now back to the right point. This one sent along, deflected back, and again to the blue line. Rasmus Anderson on his right hand. Sends it over to Gaudreau. Quick wrister there. Rebound. Elias Lindholm has a nice chance, but that one's deflected wide. Kept in here by Anderson, down low to Kachuk. Kachuk through the legs to Gaudreau, now off the far boards, picked up by, correction, that is Johnny Gaudreau on the far boards, and he sends it around to Foley. Sometimes 73 and 13 look like similar numbers. Gaudreau has the puck once more near the face-off circle. It's touched back to Anderson. Anderson across it to Foley, slapper right there, Ottinger in good position in the blue paint and makes the stop with 1.15 to go here in the man advantage. Looked to be in the same position that Alex Ovechkin loves those slap shots, so that was a good save there by Jake Ottinger. Yeah, some good ozone time right there, and uh, correction, I was a little overdramatic. I thought that the uh, puck had been deflected off of a helmet, but that was off of the calf area, I think, of uh, Hockenpah in the previous play. So Michael Backlund in now to take the face off, and this one will be momentarily lost between the centermen and then won by Dallas and now there's a foot race here. Noah Hannafin is fighting with Sagan, and that will be won by the Flames. Flames now breaking out of their own zone. Take it to center ice on the stick of Michael Backlund. Over there to Dylan Dubé. Dylan Dubé, a diminutive player for the Flames, had the second most hit, uh, hits for the Flames in game one with, I believe, five. Milan Lucic was in the bronze medal spot, so to speak, with four. And here's Noah Hannafin. He takes the puck out of his own zone, and there's a body on right there by Dallas to check near the Stars' blue line. It's going to be sent back down to Jacob Markstrom, and in his trapezoid, he drops off for Hannafin. So 30 seconds to go here as that signature mouth guard is being chewed on by Matthew Kachuk, and he's got the puck. Correction, that one goes right under his stick, and Goudreau on forecheck here picks up. The crafty forward for the Flames, trying to maintain possession in the far corner. This one's going to be knocked out. Momentarily held in by Tana, but it bounces out to center ice. On the puck there is Glenn Denning for Dallas, and he will just ship this one back into Calgary territory with two seconds, one seconds, and zero left on the power play. So I believe one shot on for the Flames here as they maintain possession in the Ozone. This one's going to be slapped from the right point over the glove of Ottinger. 
And now Nikita Zadorov gets this one to Lindholm. Lindholm with a nice backhand pass to Gaudreau. Gaudreau swerves and slides one past Ottinger's crease. Picked up near the Dallas bench. And it's controlled by the Stars. 12.30 to go here in the first period. No score. Dallas leads on the shot clock 3-2. to two, As Nikita Zadorov gets the puck from his goaltender Jacob Markstrom. And Zadorov stretches this one up to Brett Ritchie. He knocks this one behind the net of Jake Ottinger and it's picked up there by Joel Hanley. So the Stars send across. That pass a little long for John Klingberg. And the Flames have the puck in their own end. But this one is deflected on and in. That one from the point is snapped toward Markstrom's net. And it looks like the man who is known for the deflections, Joe Pavelski, opens scoring here. John, are you seeing what I'm seeing here? I think that one hit the blade of Pavelski and went right up over the shoulder of Jacob Markstrom for tonight's first goal. Yeah, Cooper, again, which was no problem. I'm a little bit ahead of you, so I wanted to make sure I didn't give any uh, interactions here. But it was just (laughs) a a bad giveaway on the other side there for Calgary in their own end, and it turned around and got it deflected there for Pavelski. And the first line that's equated for almost 50% of Dallas's offense gets on the board here, first one nothing. Yeah, thanks for bearing with me. I hope uh, I hope the delay is not too extreme. That's, it's not bad at all. I'm enjoying this. Okay. Um, well, <laughs> I, I applaud your I applaud your uh, your patience and your silence. That's oh, we had some action here prior to the puck drop at center ice. Dylan Dubé getting tangled up there with Alexander Radulov. These two not seeming to be very friendly with each other. There's lots of activity before the puck hits the ice, and Dallas wins it back. And so we'll have play whistle dead immediately. Looks like Coleman of the Flames is having a, let's call it a personal conversation with Kiviranta. Coleman known to have a little bit of grit, and we have the officials pointing toward the sin bin, so we could have dueling penalties yet again. That would be the second time in this contest. So I'm going to tell you here, Cooper, from the things that I see, it looks a lot like the start of Game 1, where there's not a lot of shots, there's a lot of intensity from the very beginning of it when we wanted to join this uh, color cast. I wanted to make mention of this, too. Uh, there was a big-time fight at the beginning of it, too, because Johnny Gaudreau came all the way in. The whistle was blown dead. He got a shot on Ottinger where it looked like he scored. And when the whistle was blown dead, John Klingberg and Kachuk went back to work and started feeding each other fists at the very opening of this. So all the intensity and animosity there from game one is kind of carried over here to the start. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I briefly had the Sportsnet 960 broadcast on the, the Flames radio network. So I did hear a little bit about uh, the fisticuffs, which I, I'm a little bit surprised that the referees didn't make. Well, you don't want to ever say that the referees are attempting to make a statement necessarily, but a lot of times you'll see officials try to gain control of the games early on, but those were uh, they ended up being roughing penalties uh, as opposed to the fights, which, I mean, gloves were dropped, and yes, in most were. cases I would think that you'd get the five-minute majors for that. As, does it surprise you at all that these two teams so far have been the most physical between the eight series that we got? You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that I'm surprised, but, you know, I don't ever consider, being, being a Flames fan, I don't consider a... a let's say, a notable rivalry between the teams, other than the fact that they've met each other in the playoffs recently, right? So there's, you know, there's some animosity there, and probably for Matthew Kachuk, who was injured in that series in the bubble against Dallas. He only played about a game and a half. Um, But 
Dallas, of course, ended up winning that series. And so I think the Flames probably want to respond to what happened a couple seasons prior. And, you know, I'm curious, John, if you have any thoughts on the Flames, who are, I would say, a balanced team, right? Of course, you have one of the most successful first lines in the NHL skill-wise. You know, you don't have a, a defender who is, let's say, an ace but Rasmus Anderson and Noah Hannafin are our top-level defensemen. Uh, the second and third pairings very solid, and the Flames have some nice complementary pieces here. As action is uh, back underway here, and the shot from the point is caught by Ottinger, just under 12 to play in the first. Yeah, John, I'm curious if you have any thoughts that maybe Calgary is playing into the game of Dallas, where Dallas potentially is goading them on into being more physical than they want to or should be. Because Calgary, on paper, is the more skilled team. Yeah, Cooper, you make a really good point. Honestly, you talk about the plus-minus and the differential, and you've said it, and I've heard a lot of these guys say that there isn't a lot of big-time names here for Calgary, but as far as offense, defense, and goaltending, they've checked all the boxes. Yes, they held the Stars to 16 shots in Game 1, which was great, but you really didn't see a lot of offense there from Calgary. So I'm interested to see what Game 2 adjustments can be made. And we've got Yarncook in the face-off circle here, and that one's won back to Oliver Shillington, the Swedish defenseman for Calgary. It's a current four-on-four situation with about 90 seconds to go with a man off the ice for each squad. Uh, Kibiranta and Coleman are in the box for Dallas and Calgary, respectively. So this one's knocked back out to center ice, picked up there by Shillington. He's bodied down there by Jamie Benn, and the puck will squirt around the near corner and back to Markstrom, where he settles it down for Chris Tanev. Tanev now with the locks flowing beneath his helmet, loses control momentarily, has to spin back to center ice. And this one will be left in for Noah Hannafin. Noah Hannafin gets the puck back, and now it's to Tanev's stick. Here comes Tyler Toffoli, not the most fleet of foot, as he actually blows a tire right as I say that, and the puck squirts toward Ottinger and bounces off the right side of the cage. Toffoli loses it again. He goes down twice in about 10 seconds. And this puck is sent down, icing waved off. And the left shot defenseman, Noah Hannafin, wearing number 55 for Calgary, picks up there. And the Flames circle at the red line. Johnny Gaudreau had the puck momentarily, loses it back to Dallas. Dallas with a stretch pass there, going to be picked up by Glenn Denning. Glenn Denning trying to drive the net. Now Shillington keeps him to the outside of the crease. And he falls to the ice in the process. And play will be whistled dead as the puck bounces over toward Markstrom's right. And he covers up with the glove with just over 10 to go here in the first period. So you're right, John, you made an excellent point. Very similar tone and feel to game uh, in game two when compared to game one. Not a lot of clean scoring chances. I mean, you could even argue that the Pavelski goal, uh, even though he was alone in the slot area, yeah. wasn't really a clean no. or a high-danger scoring chance. No, and uh, right now it just seems to be whoever can, Calgary can probably go ahead and get this one, try to get this before the end of the first period here. And uh, we're already have more goals than we saw in Game One. <laughs> it's it's very true. We've uh, matched the output for the series. So there was a shot right on there a couple moments ago by Dallas. Nice save by Markstrom in close range, and the puck is controlled there by Miro. Correction, that's John Klingberg, and his pass intended for Joel Hanley will scoot all the way back toward Ottinger. Nice body right there, Dylan Dubé, really throwing his shoulders around in uh, Game One and Game Two, making no mistake there with a check behind Ottinger, and now the Flames control. It's picked up by Elias Lindholm. Pass in the direction of Matthew Kuchuk is intercepted. Dallas comes the other way, and it's brought in there by Joel Kiviranta. 
At the far boards, puck is tied up. In the scrum is, and I'm looking at, is that Andre Sakara getting some time there? Is that I, number five for so. Dallas John? So, Cooper. so there's a little bit of a surprise. He did not play game one as the puck is scooped away from Markstrom's net and now picked up by Lindholm. He sends it over to Kachuk, but that goes right through the wickets, and it's sent over to Tyler Sagan. Tyler Sagan knocks it in to the trapezoid area. It's picked up by Calgary. And this one is off of a skate and looks to bounce into the Calgary bench area. So play blown dead. 9.15 to go here in the first. And, uh, yeah, John, this is – oh, I'm, I love it. I'm getting – of course, after you, I'm getting all the all the replay, some of the things I missed before TBS switched over to the feed, <laughs> which I, I, I just saw a brief clip of Kachuk uh, in his what well, looks like a one. fight to me. I yeah. can't believe those were only roughing calls. Yes. We're <laughs> leaning on those, I think, too. Yeah, I had not seen, I did not have the video feed at the time, and he was throwing hooks. That, that was a fight, but I guess not. So right now, as we go along in the break, again, the first goal was scored by Joe Pavelski and assisted by Jason Robertson. As far as we get some of the other scores of the day, every other series right now has been even at one. So the only other series that's 2-0 as we stand today at the end of the day is Carolina and Boston. Because Florida beat Washington up 5-1. Washington was out shooting the Panthers, I believe, by 16 all the way up into the third period before the doors got blown off. And then the Rangers responded with a 5-2 victory. If you saw at the end of that game as well, Sesterkin took a big hit on the other side from one of the Pittsburgh players. So I imagine that won't go so well into game three. Yeah, no, that was, I actually happened to be watching that game, and, and uh, there were a number of replays of that incident that you were talking about, and I, I thought it was very interesting, as Shesterkin kind of fumbled a puck behind his own net, trying to drop off for the defenseman, and he turned as Jeff Carter was coming through the low slot area, and it looked like, at least it was an argument made by one of the commentators, that Shesterkin lifted the left leg a little bit in order to initiate contact. I'm not sure if you had any thoughts on that situation. Hey, that's gamesmanship. That sounds like Cooper. <laughs> yeah. You got to do what you got to do, especially when it's uh, when the Stanley Cup is on the line. Is yes. that what you're telling me? Yes. <laughs> no question about it. So we're back here at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome in Calgary. And there's a face-off just outside the Flames' blue line. It's won back by mm. Dallas. So Dallas, one of the best face-off teams during the regular season in the NHL. They continue... Their successful ways here in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Seven shots currently for Dallas, four for Calgary. Is Andrew Mangiapane, for some have said his name tonight. He sends that one into the O-zone, and it is sent around the near boards and back down the ice. Picked up by Noah Hannafin. Flames control the puck and push it forward. This one's deflected on, no icing. It's going to be taken by Ottinger behind his net and left for Miro Heiskanen. Chipped into the logo area there by Jason Robertson, skilled winger for Dallas. And there's a potential trip right there. No whistle. Milan Lucic has the puck. It's dropped back to Shillington. Flames have to hold off there as there's a delayed offside. They've touched up now, and Lucic rushes in on the forecheck. There's a body put on by Trevor Lewis of the Flames, and now rushing forward is Dallas. They'll chip in and chase. On his forehand is Jacob Markstrom. And he gets that one to Lucic, and now Lewis chips in. It's three-on-one, but he takes that puck to the far corner and momentarily has control. Blake Coleman, it comes into support, but Dallas comes away with the puck, but it's still in that corner. 
Just under eight minutes to go here in the first. One nothing Dallas. A Joel Pavelski, excuse me, Joe Pavelski goal is the only tally thus far. Nice hurdle right there by the linesman. And Dallas has control of the puck in neutral ice. It's knocked into Calgary's end. Nikita Zadorov pushes this one back to the point. And the Flames will take over. Nice speed right there. Looks like that was Dylan Dubé. Kelly Yarncroak is met by Jamie Benn. And the puck slides to the trapezoid behind Markstrom. Now from the half boards, it's kept in by Dallas at the far point. Nikita Zadorov controlling. And that one's lost. It's back to Dallas. Dallas now in the faceoff circle. There's Ben. Ben sends across. Looks like that one got through to Markstrom, and there's a save. So that should be the eighth shot of the game so far. Here comes Dylan Dubé, one-on-one. -on -one. He has to cycle back, though, and send the puck deep. So I do see that shot on the shot clock now. That It is eight for Dallas as they rush through neutral ice here. And it will be lost and eventually picked up by Tanev. So Markstrom saw that previous shot through traffic. John, maybe you can tell me what you saw on that play next time we get a stoppage here. Been a moment between whistles, and Dallas controls in their own end. They will chip this one near the benches, and Oliver Shillington will chase down in his own end. So he'll snap this one forward. It's picked up there by Michael Backlund, the Swedish center. Longtime Calgary Flame. He's got some playoff experience for this Calgary team. The puck hits a loose stick. Tanev gets it over to his pairing, excuse me, his defensive pairing mate, Shillington. There's a shot right on. Looks like Defoley got that one on the cage, and a shoulder save is made by Ottinger. It might have gone a bit wide. We'll take a look at the shot totals in a moment. It's in the near corner. Manjapani tries to fight for it, and he's bodied off there by Joe Pavelski. Puck is chipped out of Dallas's end and all the way down to Calgary's zone. No icing there. Nice draw weight as the Calgary broadcast team likes to say from time to time. Rasmus Anderson, who only played a period of Game 1 due to his uh, now very notable fight with John Klingberg, a secondary fight, a rule that, I'll be honest, I was not even aware of. And those players were given game misconducts for fighting after a fight. You learn something new every day watching this great game. So five and a half minutes to go here in the first. Calgary with control. Michael Backlund still on the ice for the Flames. So make Correction, make that. I'll have a little trouble seeing my feed here. Uh, apologies for the technical difficulties. But Dallas does have control in their own end, and it's picked up by John Klingberg. Now on his backhand is, that is uh, Joel Kivaranta. Dallas chips out of their own end here with five minutes to play. And the puck is behind Markstrom, controlled momentarily by Nikita Zadorov. He settles, looks to break out for Calgary. Sends this one forward and it's chipped along. Should not be an icing, but that's my <laughs> foot in my mouth. And the moment I say that, I thought it was chipped along. But play is at last whistled dead. So, John, jump in here. We saw a couple of good shots there from uh, Dallas. It seems like they're having the better of the opportunities here early on. Yeah, they had some good sustained pressure. Where a stick was stuck there in the corner. Had a few uh, screenshots there on Jacob Markstrom. And then there was a couple good rushes there for Calgary to go in there. And it looks like right now the hits are 14-13 aside. So uh, let me know, is, is Calgary the same kind of physical team? I know they're built to do a little bit of everything. They're a good balanced team. But are they really playing, like you said, in the hands of Dallas at this point? This you know, I will, I will say it seems like they're having trouble making zone entries at this point, which is rare for them. That's not been a huge challenge for them this season. But Dallas's defense is... Proving to be strong when it needs to be. And I think that 
there seems to be a focus as we had to break here seems to be a focus by the flames to take the body first and potentially that's gotten them away from some of their skills and potentially set plays so yeah this is this is a bit of a change for me and i'm just glad to see that it hasn't affected their defense necessarily i think no, that they've been pretty sound not. defensively absolutely not you're correct about that I, I love everything that i'm seeing right now for calgary on the defensive end and you got jacob markstrom in between the pipes you're feeling pretty good about that but also at the same time jake Ottinger was very very good in game one so it's going to be remain to be seen whether or not he can do the same things in game two here tonight Absolutely, and, and and while we have a break still running here, at least at least for me, again, hopefully our, our delay is, I, or my I delay changed, is not too extreme. I, I changed the feed here. I think this one is like at least maybe a minute behind so that I can kind of catch up to you. I want we'll, we'll check it here at the intermission. Okay, we'll get it all synced up, but I'm, I'm curious also thinking about some... Uh, some of the other Pacific Division teams. Of course, we had the oh, blowout absolutely. last night. The 6 nothing destruction of the L.A. Kings by Edmonton. A, did you watch that game? B, I know you have thoughts about it. C, what are they? Okay, so I did, I did watch some of that game. And when I was doing the capsules between those two teams, I mentioned this specifically. We know about Connor McDavid. We know about Leon Dreisel. He got the best player in the world and probably a top five player. I also said for the Kings, they're very capable of winning a game 2-1, to one, but then getting blown out the next day 6 nothing because that's just the way it is. You can't stop Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. I still feel like that series may go seven games, because between the pipes, it's either Mike Smith or Koskinen versus Jonathan Quick, and I like that advantage for the Kings. Yeah, that's a great point, and I think you're right. You know, the Kings had a hard-fought victory in Game 1, I think one that... A lot of folks did not expect. Uh, they were certainly pleased to get the win. And then, uh, you know, McDavid and Dreisaitl and company did what they do. They answered big. And now we are back here a little south of Edmonton in Calgary, Alberta. Just had a nice shot of the TBS feed of the, uh, the fine city known as Cowtown in Wild Rose Country here in the second westernmost province in Canada as Oliver Shillington has the puck at the left point. Just under 4.30 to play here as the one-time attempt by Lindholm is deflected away. And that one's picked up by Dallas, sent over to Yanni Hockenpah. And he sends that one from distance, handcuffs Markstrom just a bit, but he traps it against the Flaming Sea on his chest and play his whistle dead. Face-off coming up momentarily. Okay, so now I'm much closer to you within like 10 seconds, so this is much better here. We should be good. Okay. And are you, so you're leading me or trailing me? I'm just trail, I'm just ahead of you by 10 seconds, I think. I'm just okay. trying to face off now. Well, that's great. Then you get, you can collect your thoughts yeah. and give me all your <laughs> excellent color commentary. So the face off here is one back by Dallas. I'd love to see the stats here. That shot seems to have snuck through and we got a penalty coming up here. It looks like a holding call will no be made Hannafin. against the Flames. No Hannafin and John for holding. That's Hannafin going. Yes, I see Hannafin skating off now. So Hannafin wearing the 55 on his back. One of the top defensemen for the Flames will be off the ice as special teams comes into play once again here. Penalties continuing between these two teams. And Dallas has a power play. Two minutes on the clock. one nothing. Stars at the moment here in Calgary, nine shots to four. Stars also leading in that department. So the veteran Pavelski will take the draw, and he actually loses this one back to Eric Branson. It's picked up there by Chris Tanev. He tries to get it out, can't do so. Pavelski keeps it 
at the blue line and keeps it in, but that one will be intercepted by Michael Backlund. He presses forward on the left wing. It's a sharp angle shot right there off of Ottinger's shoulder. No distress for the Stars goaltender right there. Is zone entry a little too easy for Dallas, but it rolls off the stick of Rupe Hints, and the Flames knock it back down the ice. So stretch pass actually results in an icing here as Zadorov crosses the red line near his goaltender. 3.35 to go here in the first. Interesting that Calgary gets a shot on their shot clock on the shorthanded side of things. And we've had a couple of uh, a couple of teams who have had shorthand success, including in the game that we were just talking about. Edmonton made it look, I mean, Edmonton scoring on when they were shorthanded against the Kings, it made it look like they were on the power play. It was That's just impressive good. to watch. So three and a half minutes to go here in the first. And Dallas remains on the man advantage here. Dropped off in the Dallas zone and knocked to neutral ice. It's going to be over to Blake Coleman, who's out on the penalty kill. This one chipped all the way across the ice and into the crowd. Mm-hmm. So play whistle dead one more time. You don't see Jonathan, that one very often, do you, Cooper? <laughs> wait, sorry. Oh, no, yeah, the, going the, 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 full, the full width of the rink and into the 10th you know, row, you don't see that too often. Certainly not. I mean, this, this series has already had a lot. And now we have that, so <laughs> add it to the list. So a face-off coming to Ottinger's right. It will be taken by Tyler Sagan and Callie Yarncroke, both wearing unique numbers, both wearing number 91 for their respective teams. It's one there by Yarncroke, former Predator, former Seattle Kraken. And Dallas will take this one through center ice and chip it to the far corner. It's picked up there and sent along. It'll be picked up again by Sagan. Sagan sends it around, picked up by Ben. Ben chips it forward, but it's going to be stolen there, and Dylan Dubé on his backhand knocks this one down back to the far corner on Dallas's end of the rink, 2.45 to play here. And uh, I don't see the uh, on the, the score bug anymore. I think the penalty has been killed as Andrew Mangiapane steps in after a nice pass in his shot attempt is deflected up and into the net. So a face-off coming in a moment. Uh, and yeah, John, are you seeing uh, what I'm seeing? I believe that the Flames did successfully kill that penalty. Yes, they did. And apologies for the delay on, on my part there. That was uh, not very professional to not know what the heck's happening with the penalties. <laughs> Those are pretty important in this sport. So, so room for improvement on my side of things. 2.35 on the clock here as the faceoff is won by Dallas. How many times have I said that so far? Skating up is John Klingberg. He takes it across the blue line, loses control, and it's going to be chipped over to the Flames, and that one is backhanded out. I believe that was Manjapani, and Dallas controls in their own end. So really no sustained zone time here. Here's a rush in by Dallas in the faceoff circle. That's turned back by Jason Robertson, and now it's behind the net. Picked up by Pavelski. Pavelski sent that one out to the high slot area. And now there's a foot race for it as the puck is down in nearly. Sorry, sorry, my oh my gosh, my feet is uh, at the at the worst time. I, <laughs> it was I a, think we're getting a a penal, we're getting a penalty here, Cooper. I think this one is going to go against Dallas for hooking right off as soon as you got the break for Lindholm. He was hooking held, so it's going to be Calgary Flames of the box. Uh, Calgary Flames on the power play. John Klingberg to the box. Yeah, I mean, I'm seeing it now. I just had a moment, kind of a hiccup momentarily, and that was Klingberg. It was, uh, he was essentially beaten to the puck in a foot race by Elias Lindholm, 
And uh, yeah, the, the stick and the, the glove, it was a little bit of everything from John Klingberg and probably a penalty that, that he needed to take because if Lindholm could have kept his momentum, he would have stepped right in on Ottinger. And guess what, folks? Another face-off won by the Stars. I'm sure that'll be a point of conversation that Dallas Sutter is going to talk to his team about in about 90 seconds or so with a little extra. It's a minute 44 to go here. And almost exactly the same on the Calgary power play. Johnny Gaudreau skates it across the blue line here in the offensive zone, and it's immediately sent back down by Dallas. So Markstrom sets this one up for Rasmus Anderson. Anderson drops back there. It's going to be taken by Gaudreau. Gaudreau on the entry over to Kachuk. Kachuk to Gaudreau. Gaudreau behind the line. He was sort of where he likes to be these days, behind the nets. And looking for Lindholm. And now this one's on Toffoli's stick. He's got a shot. That one with a rebound is saved by Ottinger. Now Gaudreau tries to bank it off of the left pad of Ottinger. So a couple of chances there for Calgary, which they really haven't had thus far. That was certainly their best sequence offensively of this game. So inside a minute now in our opening period, Dylan Dubé on the left wing. He's going to circle this one around, tries to keep the puck on his stick, is able to do so. Pushes it over to Hannafin. Hannafin goes back down low. Now it's being chased by Yarncroke. This one's backhanded out nicely. Good job there by Miro Heiskanen to get this one out of the danger zone and back toward Markstrom. So 37 seconds on the power play, 33 seconds to go here in the period, and it looks like we have an icing. So a bit of a mistake right there after some nice momentum built by the Flames on this man advantage. Just like you said in the previous sequence, Cooper, that was the best opportunities for Calgary here late in the first period on their power play, looking to try to equalize before going into the intermission. Toffoli with a really nice, really, I, I would say one of maybe two fully clean opportunities to Absolutely. shoot on net for the Flames. And uh, he had a good look, just didn't elevate that puck, I think, where he wanted it, was trying to go up under the bar on the glove side, but Andre uh, makes a nice save with the leather. And now under 30 seconds to play here, and the Flames win the faceoff eventually in their own zone to the right of Markstrom. Now 20 seconds to play in the first. Here's Dubé on the left wing. He loses the puck momentarily, and Backlund is unable to maintain possession, and the Stars slide this one all the way back down the ice. So 10 seconds to go here, 11 seconds in the power play, so we will likely reach the end of the first period, and the Flames will technically start on the power play in period number two as this one is chipped in, but the horn sounds. And there will be, yeah, about a second and a half of power play time for the Flames, so nothing that they can really effectively do anything with here. But the ice was tilted a bit in favor of Dallas in this first period, so we're going to head to the first intermission. And, uh, yeah, John, you do such a good job, not to put you on the spot here, but what do you think about uh, what the Flames need to do to kind of reach, to tilt the ice sort of back in their favor, or at least get things back to neutral? I think from what I'm seeing right now, and you talked about it really in the opening here, is they're falling into Dallas's trap of playing their game. I see a lot of these guys, as we talked about in some of these capsules, too. I mean, look, Johnny Gaudreau had 115 points, and he was a plus 64. Same thing for Matthew Kachuk, 104 plus 57. You look at all these other guys on Dallas, there might be a couple of handful of guys on defense with a positive plus minus, but they usually convert a lot of... Uh, mistakes in their own end, specifically John Klingberg. He's already got seven penalty minutes in this game with the fight and the trip and things like that. They just got to be able to look to get more shots. I know. I think they're respecting Dallas a little, little bit too much, in my opinion. 
Yeah, I think so too. I think I think wanting to have a physical presence. Uh, this is what we've touched on and what you just reiterated. It may be just a bit too much, even if they've not outright decided in their minds, okay, we want physicality to be the primary focus of our game. They may not have necessarily decided that for themselves as a group, but it seems to be in their actions, in their play, where their priorities are right now, when in fact they have the offensive skill to, you know, not that they're going to back away from physicality and altercations when needed, but it, uh, it seems to be too much of a focus at this time. No, I agree. I'm just not seeing that north-south approach that I've seen from Calgary before, and that's what's really perplexing to me right now. Again, Dallas and Rick Bonus. maybe I have a little bit more information on this side. He is a no-nonsense defensive coach like Daryl Sutter is in mind, too. However, you have to play with the pieces that you have on your team. Dallas really only has one excellent line that they get production out of, whereas you said, Cooper, all the way around the board between one to four, everything is just so good here for Calgary. So hopefully they can make that adjustment here in the second period and we can see a little bit more of offensive flow because as much as I love seeing one-nothing physicality-type games, I don't think that's what Calgary really wants here. Yeah, it, it, you know, I'm just anecdotally, I'm, I'm reminded of my first... NHL experience, which happened to be, very, very fortunately, happened to be uh, a Stanley Cup Finals game. It was the 2004 Cup run for the Flames, which, of course, ultimately ended in a loss to the Tampa Bay Lightning in Game 7. But uh, I was at Game 3, which was at the Saddle Dome, and that was a one nothing win for Tampa Bay. And dare I say, and maybe this is just, you know, the bias of my own memories, and, you know, uh, a, a game, an NHL-style game, which really doesn't exist the same way that it used to when we're talking about the, the late 90s and early 2000s hockey you know from the teams like the rangers that won in 94 and the dallas teams of the late 90s and into the early 2000s and some of the philadelphia flyers teams that had a lot of playoff success we don't see that physical style of game anymore and part of that is of course rule changes and just the skill increasing in the sport but that one. Well, my point is, dare I say that the Flames are they a little bit beholden to the 2004 style of game right now? They happen to be facing an opponent that trends that way. They like to play a defensive style. They're not extremely talented on the yeah. offensive side of the ice, and so the Flames almost are. It's like a like I'm watching a throwback. I mean, am I am I crazy here, or is you know tell me if I'm if I'm just being insane? No, Cooper, I absolutely think that you're spot on because when you look about what Dallas is, I think that they're playing to their identity more than Calgary is right now. Look, they know that they only have one really good line. I said a couple instances about Rick Bonus here. When you think about Tyler Sagan coming over from Dallas, where he was in Boston, won the Stanley Cup. Same thing with Jamie Benn. Again, I know his game is more physical, even though he's getting a little bit long in the tooth now. But these guys know this is the way they have to play to be able to win the game. And that is what we're seeing right now. But I, I still think Calgary is way too talented to have this happen to them in the entire series. So I'm really interested in whether or not when we go into the second period if they're going to be able to make these adjustments. Because this team just checks every box. And I can't really see Dallas do this to them the entire time throughout a seven-game series. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree, and I, I mean, I certainly hope that's correct. I mean, you would you would think that the chemistry and the skill that the 
Flames have shown throughout 82 games will and literally win the day will 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 bring them success against the stars but if the stars continue to find success and keep the flames off the score sheet and they're going to these are all going to be 1-0 2-0 2-1 games those sound like Dallas scores to me those don't sound like Calgary scores to me no that's exactly right I, I mean, we did this when I was going through all these. Cooper, honestly, I took Calgary in six. But when we were trying to make all the notes, I'm making all those videos to give reasons for both teams as to why they could win and have a chance. And it's like you said, if Dallas can hold Calgary off the score sheet, and that's just not one of those things to sound like a smartass. So that's just being honest. They can't, they can't compete offensively. So if they can keep Calgary to those low goal-scoring totals, this favors them. Yeah, and I, you know, I'm, we're going to, we're going to see a minimum of two games in, in Dallas's barn, and I'm, I'm very interested to see what, it's almost like I wish I could see, <laughs> see the future. Now I'm doing another, you know, time travel reference here, but it's, you know, what is a 1-1, what is a 1-1 one, one approach look like for Calgary heading to Dallas and what is it of going up to zero you know look like for Calgary heading into Dallas you know it's th those are things that we could of course speculate about but with the way this game is being played currently unless the Flames decide to turn it around in mid contest yeah we're, we're seeing Dallas dictate the play that's that simple maybe maybe things can change Cooper you might be right about that but I can tell you from covering a few of these games for Dallas here at American Airlines that's going to be absolutely freaking raucous. So it's very important for Calgary to find a way to be able to go up here too and then travel to Dallas with a big lead because they're going to be very, very excited. Because, again, I think going into the 2020 uh, Cup Final when they lost the Tampa Bay Lightning, I didn't think anyone was going to be picking Dallas to even get back into this point. You had a demotion there for Ben, a demotion there for Sagan and Gurianov, who was normally on a first and second line at most, because if these guys aren't playing defense, Rick Bonus will move them down. He, in, in turn, in that sense, when you're thinking about Ben Sagan, Radulov, Gurionov, these are great players, and when you have them on the third and fourth line, all of a sudden that makes them a much better team, and the fact that everybody is physical and they're buying into it, it's making for an interesting series right now, but it's very important for Calgary to be able to turn this around. Not only does it show both of us that they can score, but to give team belief again that they can go ahead and you know bring the pain on offense because we just haven't seen that in the first game in a period here. Once again, this is this is why I mean I'm now I'm now I'm I'm being a fan as I listen to you on our on our color cast right now. I, I always a great breakdown from John Ott. Always a great break. That was perfect. We if we if we do not speculate any further tonight, which of course we will. You just summed it up. That was that was excellent. Here's my question, and I know we don't have to, you know, we don't have to continue talking the whole time. But I, while I have you, I just am curious. What has been your favorite? I mean, I know we're only two games in now. What's been your favorite matchup so far in these playoffs? Throughout these eight series, um, I'm definitely curious. Again, this might be a little bit of bias, and I'm sorry again because I know you know more about Calgary than I do. So I was just trying to bring some of the other stuff with Dallas because I covered. A lot no, I love of it. Stuff. No, this is good. So yeah, we balance we balance each other good, out. It's perfect. Good, good back and forth here, which I love. But 
Uh, I'm not going to sit here and be a little bit too crazy because I know I just had the triple overtime game on Monday. I, I had to send you a message on Instagram because I thought I was going to die during the middle of the call. I, I was running out of energy here. So the thing for Pittsburgh, for me, and I want to just throw this out there, going into that before they won today, they were 3-13 and in their last uh, postseason games. Not very good. And guess who are two free agents here for the Pittsburgh Penguins coming in the offseason? Evgeny Malkin and Chris Letang. So I think Sidney Crosby knows in that locker room, and you, you know this, Cooper, there's so many leaders on that Pittsburgh team. They've all been there. They've had the playoff success together. But there's so many leaders in that locker room. I think they know this is the last ride right now. It is a huge undertaking. Again, New York doesn't have a lot of experience. But when you have Igor Sesterkin on the other side, who is the best goalie in the NHL, I don't think anyone's going to argue that. The 79 saves will speak to that. That is the most intriguing thing for me. Can they get one more playoff run? Again, as being somebody from Detroit, not necessarily my favorite thing, but we have to try to be objective in every single team in the NHL because you and I love NHL playoff games, and so does everyone else. But that is the most intriguing one for me, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, and you know, credit, credit to Louis Domingue for doing what he could uh, in their game tonight, which I, I'm correct, that game ended up 5-2, is that right? Yes. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of, look, the score line just on, you know, just on a computer screen or on a piece of paper looks like Domingue didn't have a great night. And I don't think anyone would argue that he was, you know, he didn't stand on his head, certainly. Nobody who gives up five goals stands on their head. But a lot of those were tipped. I mean, I would say he really only probably should have had maybe one or two of those goals back. Um You know, not the best defensive effort tonight from Pittsburgh. I'm not sure what you think about that or if you agree. Well, I, I will tell you one thing. From the other night when he had to come in there for the injured Casey DeSmith, he said that he had some spicy pork and broccoli, so maybe he didn't <laughs> have the same kind of uh, food to give him the same kind of energy. But, yeah, I mean, and the same thing for Louis Domingue. They're doing what they have to do. I don't know what's going to happen with Tristan Jari, if he's going to be available when they go to PPG and, uh, you know, the next night when they travel to Pittsburgh for the next couple games. But they need that. And, again, they need that defensive intensity. Like you said, Cooper, you're down to a, a third-string goalie. And this is their last run. They know Louis Domingue's not going to be able to steal them a game. So it's very important for them to play the way that they're supposed to on both ends of the ice. And they can't jump too much in their offense to give up something and hang Louis Domingue out to dry. As whether, like you said, between you know a Jacob Markstrom or a Jake Ottinger or a Sesterkin who can make you a big save and steal a game, Louis Domingue's not going to be able to do that, and that's not his fault. He's a third-string goalie for a reason. He spent eight seasons in the AHL. Yep. Yep. I remember, gosh, I remember Louis Domingue. I think he was drafted in 2010. Mm -hmm. uh, he was a, I know he was with the Coyotes for a while. Um, and then he was, yeah, he, he just popped over occasionally on my radar. But, yeah, spent so long in, in the American League. And, you know, really did, did himself proud the other night. He and did. I think did the best he could tonight. You know what I mean? That's just the way it's going to be yeah. with him. So, again, while well, we got everybody here, if we do get anyone here, I'm just always sure to make the note, too. While we're in the intermission, Nashville is giving a much better effort here. And, again, I'm not sure who is in goal here for Nashville. Get a chance to maybe check that one. We're tied 1-1 with 8-12 left. You're right. I'm just seeing that. Let's see if I can uh, get that information. Um, 
It looks like Connor Ingram, so the third string goalie. So David Riddick got pulled. Yes, he did. And Connor Ingram is uh, he's the guy in net right now because you say Saros might not be available until game four, they were saying. So he's got 23 saves out of 24 attempts, so he's standing on his head right now. I mean, at the very beginning of game one, Colorado was just destroying Nashville. They had five goals within five minutes. Yeah, and dare I say, I thought we were going to see something of a repeat performance because I believe Colorado had the first goal in in the game they're playing right now. Uh, and it was, it was Nathan McKinnon uh, five minutes into the first period. And then uh, Trennan for Nashville tied things up about 10 minutes later. So a very different game there. Uh, but, of course, <laughs> here in Calgary with the Stars and the Flames, a very similar game. What did the say? Uh, yeah. looks like, yeah. No, I cut you off. Please, go ahead. No, it's very, very much of the same. I mean, for every other series that we've talked about, with the exception of Boston and Carolina, this series has stood fold, just like how Boston and Carolina did. It's just a, a dominant team taking advantage of it and using their pace of play. We're seeing that right now, and this could be another one of those times where Calgary either wins a 2-1 or Dallas might win a 2-1 game. That's what it looks like right now until we see otherwise. Yeah, you know, when I when I zoom out, I, I, I'm thinking now about one of the series that I've actually paid very little attention to, you know, not with any reason, just by chance that that sure. happens to be the case. St. Louis and Minnesota, oh. of course the Blues smashed Minnesota in Minnesota for nothing. And then, you know, again, this is the irony of what we're talking about, where Dallas and Calgary seems to be locked into a playing style here, a style of game and series that they're going to have. And then the Blues lose 6-2 to two, uh, <laughs> yesterday. I mean, it's, it's just interesting to see these swings and then to see only two of the eight series be... In game from game one to two, like you said, the Carolina series and the Calgary series be very similar, game to game. Yeah, um, when we were talking about St. Louis and Minnesota, and I was trying to get all that stuff up there together, I was honestly flipping a coin about which team I was going to pick, and it was from the last couple of years ago for St. Louis from worst to first, and it was a great story. I look at all the back end, especially with I always like to mention a lot of Carolina players just because I. Love the way that Rod Brandamore and that team plays defense. And Justin Falk used to be a big piece of that in Carolina. So they have some good time big big and back end pieces. Especially with uh, Colton Pareko who can absolutely, he's probably had one of the hardest shots in the league. So you could kind of flip that one either way. But with Vladimir Tarasenko and Kirill Kaprizov. And the most interesting thing to me here, Cooper, was people forget Vladimir Tarasenko was exposed to the expansion draft of the Seattle Kraken. Boy, I bet the St. Louis Blues are breathing a sigh of relief now. One hundred percent. Yep. That. I think there are a lot of people. You know, Seattle had an expansion year. Let's just we'll be polite and we'll sure. put it that way. And you know, you, you know, you look at the. Everyone thought they would go with Carey Price. Of course, Carey Price. You know, dealing with. A number of issues, of course, getting his mental health right, which is extremely important, and also had some physical ailments and was able to come back from Montreal late in the season, which was great to see. But when you talk about Tarasenko, the fact that they missed on a player of that caliber, my goodness. Uh, not to say that he would have changed the fortunes of the entire franchise in their first year, 
but I'm sure they would have gotten a few more W's. Do you know what I mean? I do. And I, I want to take this one step further here again, because I can carry some of the talk and you can save some of your voice here for the call. But I, I want to make this point to everybody here, too, while we got everything here recorded. So Vegas and Seattle. Again, we've made some comparisons between expansion years. Again, I don't think anyone's going to argue that Vegas probably had the better team. Nobody's arguing that. But I think between Gary Batman and the rest of the league, they wanted to make sure in Vegas they set up the show and figure out what they wanted. And I think probably GMs were probably, at this point, this could be a guess on my part, but they knew which players to protect rather than being caught off by surprise against Vegas the second time around with an expansion. So Seattle certainly didn't have the same chances that Vegas did as far as picks and players and things like that. But like you mentioned, between Carey Price, Vladimir Tarasenko, hey, you might want to take some chances and get some skilled players here and eat a little bit of that salary cap. You want to have a couple pieces going into next year, going into year three, that you know are going to stay with your team. That's just me. But that's not what Ron Francis wanted to do, and that's why they had the year that they had. Yeah, and you know, hey, credit credit to players like Everly and and, and Jade Schwartz, and you know, but ultimately, and of course, Yanni Gord is is extremely talented. But when you say, you know, you look at someone like Yanni Gord, and you look at somebody like Kirill Kaprizov and what he's doing, and you know, there's a budding superstar in the league yeah. and you know it just and and perhaps it's just because partly because of the team around him uh could be still developing a culture there you know but i don't think when i say yanny gord or excuse me when i say kaprizov i don't think of yanny gord in the same category you know and so yeah. hopefully kraken will find their way um and and make some moves here and i know those seattle fans will be ready for more success because there's only where only one direction to go and that is up <laughs> for them so we are back here, action underway at the Scotiabank Saddledome in Calgary, Alberta, as 10 seconds have elapsed here in the second period with Dallas leading 1-0. And we'll start with an icing call. The Flames sent that puck across too many red lines, and it was chased down by the Stars. So about 15 seconds elapsed. So the Dallas here. squad will have a face-off. What's to gonna, the right of Jacob Markstrom. What's going to change in between da Dallas nine shots on goal to Calgary six? Who picks it up in the second period? Yeah, let's see if let's see if Calgary's top line, one of the heaviest uh, in when I say heavy, of course, we're going to think of checking. So one of the most successful in terms of offensive output in the NHL in the regular season, they need to step up. Of course, physicality is going to be important but letting that skill flow is going to be even more so. So the puck loose here in the slot area, and it's lost momentarily by Kachuk. He's going to chip this one forward. It's tipped in by Gaudreau, but then knocked right back out by Dallas and backhanded into the neutral zone, now carried in by Ben. And with possession, Rasmus Sanderson knocks that away. It's picked up for the moment by Gurianov, and now Gaudreau with the puck at the half boards on the near side. He'll skate this one towards center ice. He gives it to Kachuk. Kachuk chips forward. It's chased down by Gaudreau. He tries to backhand that one. It's off the side of the cage. As mid is here in the second period of play. By Dallas, it's chipped out. And that one is a bouncing puck into Calgary's end. It's picked up by Tanev. Tanev over to Toffoli. Toffoli looks for, I believe that was Backland. Now Toffoli will get it back. He goes cross ice toward the bench's side. And that one's backhanded over to Michael Backland. Backlund stands to the near corner, but we have a stoppage in play. And I couldn't see the number there, but a Dallas player down on his knees. Do we have a penalty coming up here, John? 
It doesn't look like it, Cooper. I think we're safe. So potentially, uh, I'm not sure if the puck was uh, taken offside or if it was played by a high stick there, uh, but we'll get some clarity in just a moment here. And on four our PBS on oh, I'm sorry? Four on four now. Boy, this is going to be, if I'm counting correctly, I think this is our third four on four of the game. So maybe there was some extracurricular behind the play here. It looks like Toffoli and I believe that's Rope Hintz getting tangled up there. Yeah, right near the center ice red line. And so Toffoli and Hintz are now in the box. So yet another four on four situation which you think would lend itself towards Calgary's skill, as John and I have been talking about during the broadcast here. But as it has been the case so often, Dallas wins the faceoff, and they have possession in their own end. Nice forecheck here by Calgary, and Yarncroke comes away with the puck for a split second, and then it's won back by Miro Heiskanen. Heiskanen leaves for Radek Faxa. He's pressured there. The Flames doing a great job on the forecheck here, but Tanev can't control the pass. He loses it back to neutral ice, and the Flames have to retreat for the moment. 90 seconds to go on our four-on-four four here. Just over 18 minutes to play here in the second period, so lots of time for Calgary to work and try to even this score at one. Tanev in the far corner loses possession. Dallas chips it out, but Tanev gets it right back before he heads to the bench for a change, and there's Andrew Manchapani. He drops for Michael Backlund. There's a shot and a save made. Slap shot coming from the high slot area. Doesn't actually make it through, or does. Trickles to the right of Ottinger. So that should be Calgary's seventh shot of the evening as Tyler Sagan sends it cross ice, and it's picked up there by Nemesnikov. Calgary does a nice job of regaining possession in their own end here. Michael Backlund's going to leave it for Noah Hannafin. Hannafin with a stretch pass is deflected in. Uh, correction, that's not the second time tonight that I have been wrong on that call. The Flames actually iced the puck, so no change for the home team, and there will be a faceoff to Markstrom's left in just a minute here. Um, John, I'm, I'm seeing a little bit better of a start here for the Flames in this in the second period in terms of, well, a four-on-four four will do that for you with more space on the ice. What are you seeing? Right now, it's just really perplexing me still that both of these teams are not getting able to get much going on a four-on-four. Four. still got nine shots to eight here with about 17-10 left. So, yeah, about 17 and, and change to play here as the Flames come away with the puck in their own end. There was a shot attempt by Dallas a moment ago as Backlund breaks in. That one's saved. It's loose and sprawling to his right is Ottinger. I think that was Mangiapane who got the rebound off of Backlund's shot. And Ottinger making back-to-back -back excellent saves. Backlund sends that one through the crease area. And no one can get a stick on it for Calgary as good Branson has it at the half boards on the near side. He spins backwards looking for some support. He'll dump this one back down. Past Lindholm, and now the top line on for Calgary, and Johnny Gaudreau can't control it in the O-zone and has to retreat to center ice. So the four-on-four four has concluded. Johnny Gaudreau passes over to Lindholm. Lindholm on that right-hand shot. He's going to drop it off for good Branson, and that blast from the point makes it all the way through. So Ottinger answering the call here several times in the first few minutes of this second period. And now Dallas tried to break into the Calgary zone, but the Flames take over once again. It's dropped off for Gaudreau. He's in the face-off circle. There's a shot saved by Ottinger. So Calgary all of a sudden has gone from six shots to 11 or perhaps 12. And Tanev backhands this one near the benches, but it's taken by Dallas and knocked in, but no icing. Shillington sends this one through, almost going down his yarn croak, no icing the other way. We're getting some end-to-end -end action here, John. Things have picked up a little bit, and as we talked about so 
frequently during our break, this could be a sign of good things to come for the team wearing red. Yeah, right now, forget what I said the last couple minutes ago, it's definitely picked up and Calgary's on the move again. So now the puck is behind Markstrom. It's being chased down by Nemesnikov. But the Flames, as they've done for the past few minutes, come away with it. And now it's two-on-two with numbers coming back for Dallas. Dylan Dubé has to hold. He tries to send this one toward the crease, and it goes over to Blake Coleman. Now it's right point. Good Branson sends this one through traffic. Don't think it actually made it all the way through to Ottinger. Hit a skate. And the Flames are going to maintain possession here. Zadorov is pushed down behind the net, but doing a good job of not letting Dallas maintain clean control. And it's backhanded into the far corner. So here's Milan Lucic. Haven't said his name too many times tonight, but he's got possession. Leaves it for Shillington. There's a left-handed shot from the blue line. I think that's another save, and now we're going to have a tripping call. Trevor Lewis. A tripping call. I'm thinking, John, you might have a look at this. Is it Richie or potentially Trevor, Trevor Lewis Trevor is going Lewis. to the box for Calgary? Trevor Lewis is going to the box for Calgary. So there's a, a, a sequence that snapped me out of the doldrums uh, <laughs> on the play-by-play side. That that had to get I had to get my juices flowing very quickly there. And yeah, a bit of an unfortunate situation. Uh, poke check attempt by Trevor Lewis, and he got his stick in between the legs of Vladislav Nemesnikov. He goes down, and Dallas goes up on the man advantage. Two minutes on the power play clock with 15:01 to go here in the second period. So, guess what, friends? Dallas wins a faceoff in Calgary's end. This one over to the half boards now, held by Robertson. He goes back to the blue line. Now the puck's over to Joel Hanley. Correction, Radulov. Radulov cycles around. Flames can't deflect that one from being completed. And the pass is actually knocked eventually off of a stick and all the way back down to Dallas's end. And, oh, my goodness, all of a sudden, I am talking a lot in this game. And here comes Dallas. A nice zone entry there. And that one is through the crease area. Markstrom deflects it away from danger. And Dallas controls in the near corner. Good Branson fighting for the puck. As is Chris Tanev. Lindholm in there as well on the penalty kill. He does everything for Calgary. Now the right face-off circle. This one's deflected back. And now over to Robertson. Robertson has the puck knocked away. And now it's over to the wall. This one's sent to the far corner. Eric Branson chips it forward. Here's Lindholm. He gets a backhand on it. But it stays in the zone. Extended offensive time here for Dallas. Lindholm whiffs on the clearing attempt, whiffs on another one. And the puck's momentum saves Calgary here. And an exhausted Elias Lindholm and his line mates head to the bench for a change. 45 seconds to go here in Dallas's power play. So they have possession here. That one was tipped back by Jason Robertson. It's along the blue line from the right point, stepping in and making a beautiful save on the slap shot through the legs of both Flames and Stars. Jacob Markstrom sees that one from distance, and Tyler Sagan looks up at the scoreboard. Yeah, that was a great save there by... He thought he had that one dialed in. That was a great save there by Jacob Markstrom. As you said, Calgary had to be a little bit tired trying to chase this puck around. They still got 35 more seconds to kill. So, as John said, 35 on the man advantage, and waved out of the face-off circle is, I believe that was Kelly Yarncroke. So, Tyler Toffoli will step in, hoping to win this face-off for Calgary, and doesn't do so. <laughs> this is going to be a major area of improvement for the Flames as this series continues, but they do successfully clear the puck down to Ottinger. So, Jake Ottinger leaves there for Ryan Suter. 
And this one is sent in from center ice. It bounces in the near corner and all the way back to the faceoff circle. Now at the blue line, over the right faceoff circle, Markstrom slides to his left, makes a save, and the flames clear. That may be the last opportunity on this power play as there's only five seconds remaining and about 13 minutes to go here in the second. The flames clear once more, and Trevor Lewis steps out of the box and back onto the ice surface here at the Saddle Dome. So now breaking in for Dallas is Luke Glendening, but he can't maintain possession, and Lewis, who's out of the box and is now just taking a standard shift, now he'll finally head off as the top line is on for Calgary. And that one deflects off of a leg. Calgary trying to maintain possession in the offensive zone. Can't do so. Coming in on the left-hand side is Joel Curivanta. And this one's gloved away. Could be played forward by a glove. No, it's going to be play on here as Johnny Gaudreau comes up the right wing. Drops it for Kachuk. He sends this one over to the left point. And there's a shot right through. And it's going to go wide. Flames looking for the equalizing goal here. It's one nothing Calgary. Excuse me, Dallas, thanks to a Joel Pavelski goal from the first period. Nice deflection over the shoulder of Markstrom. 12 minutes to play here in the second. Flames with possession in the O-zone until that very moment. The uh, broadcaster curse, of course, and walking all the way in. Good Branson taking down one of the stars. John, did you have a look at, uh, at who was walking in on Markstrom there for Dallas? <sighs> no, I didn't see it. It looked like one of the uh, first-line forwards, though. Markstrom had to make a big save there. Honestly, that was pretty close for Dallas. Yes, he does, and there goes the puck right through the blue paint. Nobody for the stars can get a stick on it. Yeah, Eric Goodbranson was draped all over one of the Dallas forwards. I couldn't get the number there, but a couple of good scoring chances here, and the puck is lost at neutral ice. Trevor Lewis sends this one in barely onside. It's going to be picked up by Brett Ritchie. He's pinned to the boards by Joel Hanley, and this one's sent in for the left point. Looking for a deflection is Lewis. He can't get a great stick right there. It's kept in by Brett Ritchie, and there's a shot. Fourth line on here for Calgary. Milan Lucic sends this one back. Here's Brett Ritchie from the high slot area. Sends it through traffic. Doesn't make it through to Ottinger. And this one will be lifted up into the air and tipped down to Calgary's end. Rasmus Anderson has control of the puck. Looking for some support here. He chips this one forward. And coming into the flames, there's a snapshot over the glove. Didn't actually make it on net by Blake Coleman. And this one slapped and knocked down in the slot area. Blake Coleman with a great four-check effort right here. Callie Yarncroke. Trying to keep the puck in for Calgary. Can't do so, and it's knocked back to Tanev. Tanev gives it up, and here's it again. And that one is saved. I'm sorry, I thought that was in the back of the net momentarily. He looks skyward yet again. He's had a couple of opportunities here. Yeah, John, I was a bit confused there. Tyler, I thought that might have gotten through Markstrom, Tyler, but it looks like that one deflected up. Tyler Sagan had a bid. He made a save, and it got deflected up and on a play. Uh, like you said, Cooper, and we talked about it, we wanted to see this in the second intermission. They got some life uh, breathed into this game here as they're about halfway through the second period. It's been very enjoyable to watch the change and flow of offense in the north and south we've been asking for what we've gotten right now. Yeah, de definitely. I bet, you know, it's, dare I say, they heard us talking. They, somebody <laughs> tuned into ColorCast. They heard, they heard you, John. And, uh, you know, Dal Dallas is, uh, is enjoying some more fluid offense as well. But as we said... It seems like this style of play is going to favor Calgary. They've had far better chances than they had, certainly in Game 1 and definitely in the first period. Uh, and, yeah, Tyler Sagan with an excellent attempt there. Nice save by Jacob Markstrom right before we headed to this break. That's what we really wanted to see. Again, I mean, it's you understand that 
Jake Ottinger is 23 years of age, right? You, you can't give him the amount of respect that you think he might deserve. He's still a rookie trying to make his way into the postseason right now, and you you got to bring the pressure, and Calgary seems to be doing right that. I don't know what Daryl Sutter said in the locker room to this team, but maybe just to get their heads out of their butts and play the way that they're capable of playing with this free-flowing offense, and I agree with you. I think it's going to favor Calgary, but if Calgary does go down 2 nothing, I would be interested to see how that would kind of change some things, because... Dallas, like we've talked about in the opening, their extent of offense is probably two goals or less. So they, they can't let this get too out of hand, but it is enjoyable to watch right now over this last five or six minutes. Absolutely, and, uh, and, and we are back here. The sea of red, I can see on the TBS feed here, the, the fans here in Calgary, almost to an individual wearing red. It's such a great sight. It's an exciting place when the Stanley Cup playoffs come to Cowtown. So, selfishly hoping to uh, to see the Flames draw even here, but uh, the broadcaster in me is going to just let this game flow, and we're enjoying some some excellent offensive opportunities here as the Flames have the puck in the far mm-hmm. corner. 10-20 to go here in the second. Nice control by Coleman. He tries to chip back to Dubé, but Dubé can't get to the puck in time. And now a couple of players go down right to the right of Ottinger. One of them being Blake Coleman. The Flames have control. Stepping in from the blue line is Callie Yarncroke. An ill-advised shot attempt right there. And, boy, nearly a tripping penalty as he gets his stick into the skates of Sagan. But no whistle there. I'm sure some Stars fans watching this game would have liked a penalty there. They won't get one. Coming out from behind his own net is Miro Heiskinen. He sends this one over to Suter. Suter sends up to Raffle. Raffle, again, as we said in the first period, has uh, gotten a promotion. He came off of one of the checking lines for the Stars and is now on the second unit. Is that right, John? I think he's on the second unit for Dallas tonight. Yes. Marstrom controls in the trapezoid, and this one is going to be sent along by Eric Goodbranson. And a bit of a camera issue there as the puck is knocked back to Calgary's end, and the Flames will maintain possession as... Gaudreau, correction, gives that one right up, and it is taken by Kiviranta. Uh, Make that Lindell. All sorts of corrections now here as we have nine minutes to play, and Calgary is up one on the shot clock, coming in on the left wing, faking that slap shot as Johnny Gaudreau almost goes down, maintains his balance, and now it's behind Ottinger. Fighting for the puck there is Elias Lindholm, but he's bumped off the puck. Flames looking to go for a change, and Lindholm upends one of the stars. And this one's going to be stolen in his own end. And we have an offside, delayed offside call. So Calgary will control the puck in the trapezoid. That's Noah Hannafin, and he sends up to Rasmus Anderson. Anderson on the offhand, he was on the left wing there. Toffoli is dragged down. He's dragged down by Hanley behind the play. No whistle. Michael Backlund on the half boards tries to maintain control. Can't do so. And now coming the other way. Are the stars? Ropa hints with a distance shot there. It does have to be saved by Markstrom. He got the right pad on it fairly easily, and now the shot clock should be even at 13. Michael Backlund with a nice touch pass there gets the pass right back from Mangiapane, and that one is deflected, nearly tipped out of the air by Mangiapane as it sailed past Ottinger's mask. And eight minutes to go exactly here in the second period from center ice. This one sent in to the Calgary end, picked up by Noah Hannafin. Rasmus Anderson's been out there for about a minute now as he gives the puck to Lewis. Lewis, right-handed shot, as is Brett Ritchie. So one of the energy lines now on for the Flames, which includes Milan Lucic. Flames able to keep it in. 
Looking for a deflection there was Goodbranson. Won't get one, and the Stars knock it out. Sagan trying to chase the puck down, but that one's going to be given up as Richie tried to get the puck out of the Calgary zone. And Markstrom, beautifully positioned, has to make a save. And now Milan Lucic and Trevor Lewis are all over Nemesnikov in the crease. Markstrom has answered the call when needed and kept his game at one nothing. And Vlad Nemestikov was getting worked over after the player for Dallas. And like you said, with Tyler Toffoli here for Calgary, he was giving some shots and taking some shots. The refs probably could have called some penalties there within the last four or five minutes, but they love the up-and-down uh, play that we're seeing as well here, Cooper. My goodness. I'm almost grateful we're heading to a commercial break because the way things have uh, turned on a dime here, oof, I'm just trying to catch my breath. Now, this, this has been a wonderful game so far. Win, lose, or draw. I know Calgary fan in here as well. I'm trying to be uh, agnostic myself on both sides, but I'm loving this game that we're watching right now. And again, as we talked about in the open a little bit during the intermission, this certainly feels like the way that game one is played, that this the other games are going to follow suit, and that's what we're seeing right now. Yeah, it, you know, it, it's also, I think it's got to be reassuring for Flames fans. There have been, you know, including on the very last play, which I uh, sort of stumbled my way through, I was not expecting the backhand attempt in their own zone to be intercepted by Dallas at the blue line, resulting in uh, a huge save being necessitated there. And Markstrom, as I like to say, he's been answering the call. And, uh, you know, not that anyone should be surprised, you know, led the league in shutouts, had a shutout two nights ago to make it 10 even between the regular season and the postseason here. But, uh, you know, there have been spells where clean shots have not been the order of the day. It's just been deflections or, you know, kind of shots coming in from the points or the wings. But uh, when when things are coming through from close range and, and with clean looks, he's been uh, doing a very nice job tonight. Yes, he has. Very good goaltending on both sides, that's for sure. Boy, and it, just a great reminder from you, uh, as we get a look at what's called the Red Lot here. Uh, of course, not to be confused with the Red Mile, which is 17th Ave Southwest in Calgary, but uh, this is everyone outside the Saddle Dome. It's essentially just a giant watch party, and I mean, hey, it's playoff hockey in Canada. What what, what more could you want? Can't, can't get much better than that. Other than perhaps, perhaps, playoff hockey in Hockey Town. I think John would argue <laughs> that when it's Stanley Cup playoff times in, in Detroit, you can't get much better than that. Am I right in uh, in making that uh, statement, my I've, friend? I've been waiting a long time, Cooper. It's been a long rebuild. <laughs> yeah. After all of those years and all of those cups, you've been very, very patient, I think, yes. uh, with some of those players that we're seeing come of age here for De uh, Detroit. Good things are on the near horizon. So the, the, well, I'll say this, and they say this in many other leagues, the NHL is better when the Red Wings are a top team. I firmly believe that. I that. So we got another four-on-four four here, John. Uh, this is the fourth of the game as a three-on-one. Chris Tanev comes in, shot blocker saved by the 23-year-old. Credit to John Ott for that one. Now it's a two-on-one the other way, and Markstrom makes a huge save. A glove stop with a rebound, but it's picked up by Tanev, and the action is nonstop breakout for the Flames. Kelly Yarncroke slides it wide. This is back-to-back -back action, the likes of which we have not seen in this series. 6.40 to play. This almost looks like regular season overtime. It's picked up there. There's a shot right on. Deflection opportunity. Open, gaping net, and Dallas can't get it done. 
that was, I, I think it might have been Klingberg stepping in from his defensive spot on the doorstep. He had half the net to shoot at and whiffed on a deflection opportunity here. So 50 seconds to go in the four-on-four. Incredible back to back, excuse me, end-to-end action. And Johnny Gaudreau is going to step off for a line change here as he actually did some good forecheck work. He's actually looked pretty solid with a defensive stick and moving his feet when necessary to keep uh, to keep Dallas at bay. And now possession is given up. It's picked up by Michael Backlund. Two-on-two two here with Manjapani. He tries to maintain control, looks for the drop pass, can't connect with his line mate. And now it's going to be picked up by Roddick Foxa. Foxa gets the puck back one more time, but Branson gets a nice stick on it for Calgary. And Nikita Zadorov, the tall and I think the largest defenseman for Calgary, one of the biggest guys in the league, if I'm not mistaken, he's 6'6". So that's just the tidbit of information for you. That's Calgary's most imposing defender physically, as we have just a second left here in the 4-on-4, and the dueling minors have ended. So 5.20 to go here in the second. Markstrom steps out of his net, makes an interesting pass across the crease area, and the puck was almost picked up by Dallas, but the Flames have it in the neutral zone, and now it's in Dallas's end. Calgary from the face-off circle. That one's shot right on, and it's going to be saved and trapped against the body by Ottinger. The action has been nonstop here since we started the second period. John, where did these two teams come from? Selfishly, Cooper, can I ask for more four-on-four? That was fun. That was two good rushes on both ends for Dallas and Calgary, and both Markstrom and Ottinger have been excellent per usual right now. Did not see any of this in the first period. No, didn't see this in the first game, didn't see this in the first period. I think perhaps both teams, I'm not sure if it was something said in the room by Bonus and or Sutter, but it seems like both these teams have almost made a, an unspoken agreement. Obviously, there's physicality. We, yes. we, it's the playoffs. That's not going to disappear. But it's almost as if they've made a, a quiet agreement to just play hockey as opposed to try to take each other out on every shift. It, it really kind of just, I guess it boggles my mind a little bit. I, I'm not surprised on the Calgary side of it, but it, it, it does surprise me that Dallas is able to play this open end because a lot of times when I've seen those games, especially when they beat the Tampa Bay Lightning in the regular season, one nothing at a low-scoring game against the Kings, I haven't seen this from the Dallas side. So maybe now they're playing a little bit towards Calgary's play, and this might be one of those things. We have to end the second period yet, but the third period action might be uh, a 2-1 final. I, I'm going to get a little bit ahead of myself, but I feel like that's where we're headed. Okay, let's make it. Hockey fans, let it be known. I'm going to say it's ironclad. John Ryan Ott has made his prediction, folks. 2-1. We don't yet know who the victor will be. I'm not going to force you into that, no, but I do the like the call. Goal. Let me see the next goal. <laughs> <laughs> then, you'll, then you'll have a little more confidence in, uh, in calling tonight's winner. So, you know, Flames fans everywhere are hoping that Calgary can take the 2-0 lead in the series heading back to American Airlines Arena in Dallas as we get some replays here. That Chris Tanev wrist shot was a beauty, and Ottinger did such an excellent job. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, John. Goudreau was so close to just tying this game off the replay. Very close. And Yarncroke had a great look at it, too, and then Dallas got a stick back on his wrist shot attempt here and we have about five minutes to play here in the second dallas leads on the shot clock 16 15 calgary wins that offensive zone faceoff. here's Tanev from the dot and it looks like that one was blocked by nemesnikov he sprawled out and i think that hit him right in the hip so 
Shillington has this one, and from the blue line, it actually makes it all the way through to the glove of Ottinger. So now the shot clock's even, 16 apiece, and Dallas still leads this thing, one nothing. The Wiley veteran, Joe Pavelski, the only goal scorer tonight. And so there have only been, John, I can't believe I'm saying this, there have only been two goal scorers in this series so far. I know we're only two games in. Yes. Lindholm has one, Pavelski has one. It's just incredible. So the, the offensive zone draw for Calgary is actually lost, but Dallas loses possession there, and it's <laughs> the puck, pardon the laughter, the puck is literally punched out of the air <laughs> and toward the faceoff dot at center ice and then is promptly knocked into the Dallas bench. So with 4.40 to go here in our middle period of three, we have a stoppage and a faceoff coming. We got punched faces, punched pucks, and east-west clears over the boards. We've seen everything in this series so far. I mean, I can't. We have a fight that wasn't called a fight. <laughs> we, we have a puck that was sent ten rows deep, not a past a goaltender, but from cross ice left to right. And now we have a puck that was literally punched thirty feet forward. I mean, what more are we going to get tonight? So four and a half minutes to go here in the second. Dallas with possession in their own end. This one's moved along by Radulov, but the Flames doing a good job on the half boards there to turn the puck over. And this one is behind the net now. Here comes Dylan Dubé. He's on his offhand, tries to cycle this one back. It's held at the blue line. So chipped along there. Chasing down is Blake Coleman, former Tampa Bay Lightning man. And Dylan Dubé puts a body on again there, but can't keep possession. And looks like uh, Daryl Sutter mixing up his lines here. We are in a five-on-five -five situation, and we're seeing Elias Lindholm the top-line center, and arguably the Flames' best player all around. He was just on the ice with Trevor Lewis and Dylan Dubé, and I believe he's skating off here as Matthew Kachuk and Johnny Gaudreau are on. So we're going to have to take a look at the line situation for certainly the Flames here as we close in on three and a half minutes to play here in the second. Now Rasmus Anderson is in his own end, and this one's held by Dallas. Pavelski skates through the slot area, but the puck will be picked up by Kachuk. And the Dallas Stars will head back for a change. This one sent to neutral ice. And Gaudreau, no, correction, that's Lindholm with the puck near the penalty boxes. And Rasmus Anderson will send the puck down low and to the far corner. And the puck cycles back now. It's going to be Chris Tanev gaining possession for Calgary in his own end. Oliver Shillington, stick handles around one defender. And here comes Trevor Lewis. Trevor Lewis tries a shot. But fans on it, there was a nice stick right there by one of the Dallas defenders. Actually, that may have been Jamie Benn, in fact. Puck is held in at the left point. Now here's Milan Lucic with a slap shot. That one goes high and wide of Ottinger's net. And Chris Tanev is knocked down to the ice right there. Again, having a little bit of trouble on this feed, seeing exactly who put that check on. But uh, as John and I have been saying, the physicality not going away right there as Raffle gets checked. Or maybe, I'm sorry, the numbers of my feed is a little little shaky at the moment. Uh, it may have been Glenn Denning, but uh, either way, John, we're seeing the, the physicality pick back up again here. So apparently these teams are are shifting back and forth between play styles. The ebb and flow of the play styles has been absolutely insane. And if I would tell everybody here, 16 shots on goal to 15 in favor of Dallas, that's more than double what we had in the first period, if that tells you anything. Yeah, we've absolutely seen more opportunities here, and uh, we're getting a shot of Milan Lucic on the bench here, who was uh, not too pleased with some of the uh, activity by the Stars on his 
previous shifts, but here comes Sagan with the puck. He chips this one down. Nemestikov chasing, and he's got Goodbranson with him. Nemestikov pins Goodbranson to the boards, and the puck slides to the far corner. Now it's sent along. The Flames with possession. Partial three on two here. So Foley on the right wing. This one's held. It slid across. Rebound there, but no Flame could get to it. Toffoli was the closest, but unable to get a shot off. Two minutes to go here in the second as Andrew Mangiapane knocks this one back to the trapezoid. And on his backhand, Ottinger sends it along. And tripping right there. Multiple flames going down. I think it's going to be tripping on Sagan. We had both Dylan Dubé and Toffoli getting dropped to the ice by a stick. John, are you seeing... Yep. I think we're looking at Sagan heading for two minutes. Tyler Sagan's going to the box. Two minutes for tripping against Dylan Dubé. So this is very similar to what we saw at the end of the first period. The Flames essentially ended the first period on the man advantage. I mean, John, I have a feeling I know what you're going to say in response to this, but how massive would a goal right now be for the Flames as we close in on the end of the second period? You always want to go into the intermission with a chance to at least tie this game. You've got a power play big time. You want to prove you have momentum and take advantage of it in the third. They need to score this right now. Absolutely. If there were ever a time... Now is the time for Calgary to get their special teams fired up. They have their top unit on. Lindholm, Gaudreau, Kachuk, Toffoli, and the sole defenseman, Rasmus Anderson. But as you've heard me say so frequently tonight, Dallas wins the draw and sends it back down. It's left by Markstrom and picked up by his fellow Swede, Rasmus Anderson. Rasmus leaves right there, and it's going to be Gaudreau who sends this one in, and it's on Lindholm's stick. He's looking for Gaudreau in the crease area, but that puck bounces off of a uh, stick. And out of play, so play whistle dead here. One thirty-eight to go on the power play for Calgary. One twenty-eight to go in the period. So unless the Flames can score here, they have a similar situation staring the excuse me staring them in the face, where they would begin the third period with a very brief power play sequence. Lindholm in the face-off dot for the Flames. Puck is dropped and actually won back to Gaudreau this time. Pardon my surprise. Gaudreau, now with possession, looks to go all the way over to Foley. And that one is deflected up into the stands. So another stoppage here. Flames, a bit of a herky-jerky start to the power play. But able to maintain potentially a little bit of zone time here, which they needed so badly as they try to tie this game. Dallas still leading one to nothing. Up one once again, that one gets through and is deflected back to the blue line. Gaudreau at the half boards now. This one down low. Kachuk tried to jam it in near post, and it's sent back to Rasmus Anderson. He has trouble maintaining possession. It's a partial two-on-one now. Here comes Nemestikov. He's got a chance to shoot, and a great job by Anderson. He sells out, breaks up the pass, and the Flames regain possession. Just beautiful instincts right there from Rasmus Anderson, who was called a pretender by... His counterpart, John Klingberg, defenseman for Dallas, during interviews between these two games. So no pretending right there that Rasmus Anderson made an excellent choice as the puck squirts out into the slot area. Toffoli couldn't get a stick on it. Now it's held down low. It's going to be Lindholm on the right wing side. 40 seconds to go in the power play, 30 in the period. And that puck bounces around and into the far corner and will be cleared by Dallas. Markstrom holds in his trapezoid. 18 seconds to go here in the second. 
25 seconds to go in the power play. Rasmus Anderson goes to Kelly Yarncroke. Second power play unit on now, but offside is the call. That's funny, Cooper. I did not hear that pretender comment. I think the pretender comment should go to the minus 28 on defense and John Klingberg. <laughs> <laughs> Numbers don't lie. They do yeah. not lie, John. So uh, I personally appreciate that stat. Thanks for breaking that one out. But, yeah, that was because uh, Klingberg and, and Rasmus Anderson, of course, both Swedish had some words for each other in their native language and, uh, you know, were given the misconduct penalties as they fought at the end of the first period two nights ago, uh, and Klingberg took exception to that one, and uh, he, he gave them some bulletin board material saying that Rasmus Anderson was a, quote, pretender in terms of his uh, ability as a defenseman in the NHL. So we'll see if that plays out more in this game as we draw to a close here in the second period. Kelly Yarncroke takes a last-second shot, which is sicked away easily by Ottinger for the 17th save of his evening, and that is it. Two periods down, no goals for the Flames, and just the one for Joe Pavelski and the Dallas Stars. So we're heading to the second intermission, and boy, John and I are going to have a lot to talk about here because it's almost as if we've seen two different games in two periods, and we'll head to the break. Stars lead it one nothing here in Game 2 of this first round Stanley Cup playoff series. Man, oh man, I am... <laughs> I need to drink some coffee. I'm exhausted. I'll take the lead a little bit on this here. So from what I've seen between Calgary and Dallas, we had a lot of four-on-four four so far within that second period as well. You've seen some back-and-forth action. We've talked about between what Rick Bonus and Daryl Sutter want to see some def defensive orientation and some detail. But when you have those four-on-fours, you have to be able to go out there and try to make some offense and have something happen. Both Markstrom and both Ottinger were tested very, very well, and they both passed those tests with flying colors. I still say 2-1 at the end of this game. I think Calgary finds a way to get one within the next 10 minutes, tie the game, and we get up to a frantic finish. That's what I'm feeling right now. I'm not going to go ahead and say who's going to score for Calgary. Uh, I think that would be a little too easy because I'd pick one of the top names here. But it does surprise me, I will say this, Trevor Lewis has gotten a lot of ice time, like Cooper said, you know, with Kachuk and Lindholm and things like that. So maybe Daryl Sutter likes the way that he's playing. I like the way that he's getting up on the forecheck, throwing the body around, doing a little bit of the all-around play. So it was cool to see Trevor Lewis getting a lot of that top-end time. He's deserved it so far in this game. He has, and I think, you know, having seen and heard a number of the interviews given by Daryl Sutter, um, obviously he respects and knows how to use playoff experience. Um, players that won cuffs with him, like Toffoli and Trevor Lewis is of the world. Yeah. I, I think he knows when to send them out on the ice uh, and when to not necessarily break up a line, but to give players a, a bonus minute here and there, and that seems to be the case with Lewis, and uh, he's responded well. Yeah, you've got to be able to, especially in a game like this. Again, we've seen the, the, the shot totals just double pretty much over what we saw in the first period. Again, like you said, two, two fully different games in the first two periods, but... Yeah, you've seen these guys push the right buttons. Both of these coaches, I think, have to be happy with the way that both of their teams are playing. Look, again, I know it's one nothing on the scoreboard in favor of Dallas, but you take those games all day long, and I think the only thing you, you want to see more of is just finishing because Calgary was able to play a much better second period, in my estimation, as far as getting those chances. They find a way to finish one here in the third. We've got a brand-new ball game again. 
Absolutely. And, and, and speaking of a brand new ball game, I'm just looking at the score right now and the time left in regulation. 17-15 to go in the third. Nashville and Colorado 1-1. So a, a totally different ball game in Denver. I mean, it's just incredible. I, I, I fully believe that Colorado had just begun the onslaught and would walk away either with a five, potentially a five-gamer, maybe the sweep. But the Predators are answering. It's kind of nice to see that. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of people buying Connor Ingram jerseys if they pull this one off. He's made 31 <laughs> saves out of 32 shots. Third-string goaltender again. You say Soros. They don't know when he's going to be able to come back into action. They hope that he can be back when they get back into Bridgestone. But Connor Ingram is doing what he has to do right now. I felt bad for David Riddick the other night. You know, he got his opportunity, smashed his stick within five minutes when it was over. But, again, it's the Colorado Avalanche. They committed an avalanche in Ball Arena. They pressured Nashville, and it was good for them to come out in this game and pretty much show that they have a foothold. We understand how good Alexander Carrier and Roman Yossi and some of the back-end defense is for Nashville. But... How do you think Matt Duchesne is feeling playing against his former team? Some of these other guys, they know that they're they're in a mismatch, but if they can pull out this result and steal a game on the road, I think it definitely speaks to Colorado having to have a little bit of a wake-up call. I agree, and, and all I can say is I know how Matt Duchesne was feeling after playing Milan Lucic. He was feeling sore. <laughs> <laughs> That check from uh, a, a week or so ago, I guess a little more than that now, that was um, one that will be played in, in Flames highlight reels uh, for decades to come. That was one, maybe the biggest check I'd seen all season long. That was, that was a huge hit. They're showing some of the highlights in there now. Looks like Colorado might have just taken the lead with 2.3 seconds left, unless that was called off. Connor Ingram's getting all kinds of traffic. One of the Nashville Predators pushed one of the Colorado players into Ingram, and they waved it off. So they could have been up 2-1 with two seconds left. There was a goal that was just disallowed. Yep, I'm seeing the same. Uh, I'm seeing the same replay here. It looks like Lekkinen. Yeah, Fabro pushes Lekkinen back into the crease, and he was essentially straddling over the top of uh, of uh, Ingram. And I like it. We're getting a live look now. And my goodness, I did not know this was the situation. Colorado doubling up Nashville on the shot clock, 34 shots to 17. Did you make mention of that earlier? I might have just That might have just gone right in you know, one ear and out the I, other, but I, that's incredible. I did say 31 saves for Ingram, but it was another three and a flurry, and we got something going on in the left side boards now, too. <laughs> oh, wow. Yep, there's there's a lot going on here. Yeah, you've got, you've got me by a few seconds, but someone down on the ice there for Colorado, and... My goodness. Yeah, we're, we're, apparently we're getting a live look at the best time here. Yeah, so let's see if Nashville can get something going here on their offensive possession. It looks like they might have just iced it here. So, again, 34 shots on goal to 17. So, Connor Ingram, he's going to face as much pressure as he possibly can, and no disrespect to the Calgary Flames, because... I absolutely, absolutely with you, I think they are the best team in the Western Conference, top to bottom. But I don't think anyone's going to argue probably that Colorado can score with just about anyone as far as the offense, if you want to throw that aside. 
Able to make 33 saves right now against this team. That is big time for Connor Ingram. And absolutely the reason why Nashville's staying in this game upon second look. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, I, of, of course, I, I think the, the Flames are well-rounded and, and built for a potential run here. But Colorado, I wouldn't say scares me outright, you know, doing kind of air quotes here. But... You. I'm. I not would not mince words. They, any team playing Colorado has to be at their best, or you will have what you'll have happen. What happened to the Predators two nights ago? Yeah. If you're not at peak performance, look out. You're going to have six goals scored against you, and you'll be lucky to get one or two. I will say one thing from what I know from inside information against Colorado. They're not as keen as the physical game like Calgary is, especially they've shown me a lot against Dallas right now. I've been very impressed with the physical side of it. Again, we've seen a little more offense push in our game. But Colorado can be pushed around a little bit on the body. But when you give guys like Miko Rotten and Nathan McKinnon space, I mean, you're, you're done for at that point. They're never going to miss an open net. So it, it will be very interesting if Calgary ends up playing uh, Colorado. I mean, Cooper, you're going to have your hands full as far as a call, and it should be a very fun series if it gets to that point. Well, and you make a really you make a really good point because I agree with you. I think that Colorado's game has shifted to as the league has gone. I think Colorado has gone as as well, and they've they've led the way. In fact, in in the the kind of the, the tip of their spear being the speed and skill, right, as opposed to prioritizing the physicality. And they can still handle themselves, but it reminds me of the playoff series that they had with the Flames several years ago, where Calgary took game one, and I, along with a number of other people, thought to myself, you know, at that time it was sort of peak Sean Monaghan before his game took a little bit of a dive. You know, Johnny Gaudreau was young but showing his potential, uh, the Flames had a decent decor, but what happened is the Colorado Avalanche were able to push around the Flames and then essentially just sweep them aside, other than that first win, in five games and make it look really easy. And I do think it would be interesting to see the Flames and the Avalanche, not just because of their talent levels, but because it's almost like their styles of play have flipped. And including, and the last thing I'll say before I end this diatribe, is that you have one of, as I mentioned earlier, you know, 15 minutes ago, Nikita Zadorov is physically the Flames' largest and most imposing defenseman who was on the Colorado Avalanche during that series, Nikita <laughs> yes. Zadorov. Yes. That's a good point, Cooper. I actually forgot about that. That's been a little while. And that sense of, again, from what we see in this series, I think Calgary would match up them very, very well physically. Look, you can see and talk about all the other forwards on Calgary as far as the Lindholms and the Goudreaux and everyone else you want to throw out there, and for good reason. We haven't seen it a lot because I think Styles make fights, and Dallas has kind of been able to do what they wanted to do right now. But I make no mistake about it. If we fast-forwarded in time, and that's what we got from the Western Conference Final, you're going to see some up-and-down action with two of the most highlight reel teams that we got in the league. I think Calgary can certainly do that. I, I, I don't want anyone that's watching this or listening to this at any point to think that Calgary is going to fall in this trap where they're going to have to win games 2-1. This is not what we're seeing right now. This is just because Dallas has been able to have the better of the play so far. And most 
most parts in this series. Yes, Calgary got a one nothing win in Game 1, but like you said, Cooper, we have two goals within two games and, uh, what, six periods of action upcoming now. So, this isn't what I would expect for Calgary as far as what you're going to see throughout the rest of the year. And if they get out of this series, which I imagine they will, that it's going to be a lot different when they play some other teams other than Dallas. Right. I mean, you know, no question the Flames themselves can only look to the next period, to the, you know, to what's right in front of them. But, you know, hey, we're, we're on the other side of things. We have the luxury as, you know, fans and as, as uh, broadcasters of sorts to look ahead to what may come. And I think about potential matchups in the next round between either uh, obviously having the Battle of Alberta with the yeah, Oilers or the Kings, who have enough, I think they have enough pieces to make things interesting if the Flames were to have to face them. Um but you know, I'm I'm curious what will what the Flames would try to do and try to focus on because listen, all you can do is try to get better as you go along. What I'm thinking in my mind right now is what John do you think about the play of basically the second and third lines for Calgary? Because now I don't expect you to be thinking about guys like. Michael Backlund and Andrew Mangiapane all the time, but we haven't mentioned them a ton, even literally in this game, and secondary scoring, I think when it disappears for the Flames, that top line has to take on so much of the responsibility that if that becomes the case, I worry about the Flames sort of pushing, so to speak, where they feel like Gaudreau and Lindholm and Kachuk have to do everything, um, and that's not a recipe for success against any team. And again, I, I'm just trying to say this as an outsider perspective. You have more knowledge of this than I do going in. But when was the last time that the Calgary Flames really had this kind of pressure other than what you're speaking of in the Stanley Cup Final? I don't know going in that they were favored to even win the Pacific. I think a lot of people were thinking about the Vegas Golden Knights. Now that they know that they're in this spot, they finished number one in the Pacific, you might be seeing a series right now, like you've said, that they might be holding on the sticks a little bit too tight. Look, I know that's a little bit cliche, but when you talk about, you, you got the acquisitions of Toffoli and Yarncroft from the Nashville Predators, you brought that stuff in there, as you said, Cooper, to try to make it where you're not just one line dependent. And this Calgary Flames team, from what they're doing and all that, I think a lot of people are expecting them if not winning a Stanley Cup, to at least get to a conference final. And that's got to be a lot of pressure on these guys, I would imagine. Yeah, absolutely. And and we're actually seeing on the TBS feed here a comparison um, between the top lines for these two teams. So Pavelski, Robertson, and Hintz versus Gaudreau, Lindholm, and Kachuk. And although there has been almost no scoring, we're literally talking about two goals the top lines have been responsible for each team for contributing the only offense that has actually taken place on a score sheet. So I, I like what you're saying, and I don't think it's a cliche, uh, even though we know the phrase, yes. <laughs> holding the stick a little too tight, I think in this case, isn't necessarily about you know nerves or what would be like the standard definition of that saying. For me, I think it's having an an overload of responsibility, right? Where Gaudreau and Lindholm and Kachuk feel like 
they're the ones who are responsible for driving all offense. And not that they're, you know, not that they're judging or being just feeling disappointed in their teammates, but it's almost this quiet mandate where they have to take on all goal scoring responsibility. I mean, I hope that's not a trap they're falling into. Um, but it did happen from time to time in the regular season, you know, just having watched them so much. Luckily, it wasn't extended, but you would see every so often, especially if they had a little bit of a, a little bit of a drop off in play with about 10 games to go in the regular season. I think they knew where their season was heading. They were going to win the Pacific. Uh, they started to understand that mathematically teams weren't going to be able to catch them. Um, and so things faded a little bit and you saw, Gaudreau and his line mates take on a little too much. Um, so that's something to watch out for in this series, too. I can definitely understand that. I can appreciate the inside because I don't know some of those things in there. I just look at, from the outsider perspective, when you looked at, like you talk about with the standings, it didn't seem like the Calgary Flames had any sort of doldrums throughout the year, or at least not too much. It's kind of been smooth sailing. So when I talked about the Stars and the Flames series, that was the one thing that I threw out there a little bit for the Flames. Is there going to be a time where things don't go too smoothly? And how are they going to react through adversity? And I think that you're seeing that right now. And I think they're doing pretty well right now. And they're still within striking distance of this game. Look, we're, I don't want to make it sound like it's doom and gloom right now. They're already up one nothing in the series. And they have a chance right now to go up 2 nothing. They just get a couple of goals here. So, but you're seeing it right now, and you know what? I think Daryl Sutter in the back end of it, maybe you could speak to this too, Cooper. You kind of want to see this a little bit. You want to see how the team's going to act through adversity if they can pull through, because they know certainly when they're playing some of these other teams, whoever they're playing next, and no disrespect to Dallas, but it's just the, the fact, whoever they're playing next is going to be a much better goal-scoring team, bar none. Absolutely. Absolutely, and I, I would argue, especially if they're looking at the best player in the world and the you know third, fourth, or fifth best player. Somebody like you said when we started our, our broadcast, you know, McDavid is McDavid, and Drysaitel is without argument one of the best players in the universe. So, <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot for Daryl Sutter to focus on. I think, it, fortunately, the special teams, especially defensively, have looked good. Um, in the second period here, I think the power play has looked sharper for Calgary. Yes. It seems as though penalties will continue to be not necessarily an issue. I think in the first game of the series, they were what you would describe as an issue, right? The Flames took too many. Yes. Trevor Lewis had some foolish penalties that were poorly timed and unnecessary. Uh, or, excuse me, Blake Coleman. He had a couple of bad minors. Um so those are the things, normally you'll hear coaches say, we have to dial in our special teams, right? It seems like the Flames and the Stars, to their credit, are relatively dialed in on special teams. It's the five-on-five, five, and in this case, because there have been so many, four-on-four four yes. play, the even-strength play, where the Flames can dictate the action. We saw it in flashes, Dallas answered, so now here as we're getting close to starting the third period, I think it's incumbent on Calgary to dictate the offensive play at even strengths. And I, if Dallas gets up to nothing here, John, A, your prediction will be right in line, and B, I think if Dallas can get one more the way these games have gone, they're walking away with the victory tonight. So 
we shall see as we are just seconds into the third period here back at the Scotiabank Saddledome in Calgary with the broadcast here on ColorCast. I'm Cooper Hopkins along with John Ott. And the Flames with 17 shots in the shot clock. Dallas with 17. But where it counts the most on the scoreboard, the Stars lead is Johnny Gaudreau here with a backhand attempt early in the period. The puck is loose and now in the trapezoid controlled by Gaudreau. He gets knocked off the puck there. And Dallas sends this one down to the Calgary end. And actually right past, I thought it was going to be on Markstrom's stick, but it slides just past the post, and icing is the call. So the faceoff will come back to the Dallas end, and Johnny Gaudreau on the backhand had a nice chance here to start things off. Yeah, if you're just joining us, the only goal of this game was a 747 mark in the first period between Joe Pavelski and Jason Robertson. Pavelski, as he's done so many times, with a beautiful tip on his goal. And send it over the shoulder of Markstrom. That's the only scoring tonight. Of course, the only scoring in the first game of the series was on the power play by Elias Lindholm. So both top lines for these teams have done the work, what little work there has been. And that shot from the near point slides all the way through to Ottinger, and he covers up for another stoppage. Other scoring of no, which has been a surprise to both of us, both Nashville and Colorado are tied at 1 with 8.40 left to go in the third period. Yeah, some surprising scores around the league today. I mean, obviously, the Panthers answered back big with a 5-1 win over Washington. And uh, with with everyone's new favorite chef in that, uh, Louis Domingue, unable to stop the Rangers, a 5-2 win there in that Eastern Conference series. So the Flames now looking to control the puck in their own end. This one's going to be taken up by Michael Backlund. Nice touch pass there to Foley as he sends this one in, and the Flames will chase down and maintain possession, though Manjapani is bumped off the puck there, and Dallas takes over. With the puck here is Robertson, but he loses possession. On the forecheck for Dallas is Pavelski, but the Flames will escape this out. Noah Hannafin sends it along to Coleman, who chips into the far corner. Kelly Yarncroke chases it down, can't pick up the puck there. One of the Dallas stars goes down. The left side of Jake Ottinger and Dylan Dubé's on the puck. He steps into the blue paint. This one's loose and diving forward, covering with the glove is Ottinger. And now we're getting the extracurricular. Sagan's in there. Kelly Yarncroke in there. I see Nemestikov. Surprisingly, Blake Coleman is outside of the fray. And play is whistled down just about 95 seconds. Excuse me, 30. Oh, my gosh, I can't do math. A minute and a half into the third period. Cooper, that was an excellent drive to the net there by Dylan Dubé. Almost made something happen single-handedly against Jake Ottinger. to make a big save there. Well, and Dubé has shown, you know, now, now we've seen it enough times in this game. Dubé, of course, will come in off of the left wing. And this is the first opportunity he's really had to continue his momentum, uh, get a leg drive going, and push the puck toward the crease. And he did an excellent job there. And the Flames have created a couple of uh, relatively high-danger chances here in less than two minutes in the third period. <clears throat> so Callie Yarncroke unable to win the faceoff there for the Flames, and the puck will be chipped out by the Stars. It's back into Calgary's zone, and now back to neutral ice. Backhanded there, and Klingberg sends this one over. And the Stars have it at the half boards. The puck cycles back around. It's held by Dallas. Nice pressure by the Flames defense there, and Erica Branson takes over with Kelly Yarncroke. It's a two-on-one to Markstrom's right, and here comes Yarncroke, the cousin 
of one of the Flames' top players, Elias Lindholm. He came over from Seattle Kraken near the trade deadline earlier this year. And coming back into the flame zone are the Stars now in the high slot with an opportunity is Klingberg. And this one is knocked in to the face-off circle all the way from the blue line. Sharp angle shot there slides cross ice. And here comes Johnny Gaudreau. He stops short at the blue line, spins around. He's got, is that Gaudreau? No, excuse me, that's Lindholm in the slot. He couldn't get a shot off. 17-15 to go here in the third period. Dallas leading one nothing. Top line on for Calgary, and they keep the puck in the zone. Nice pass back to the net area, and that one is held by Kachuk for the moment, but then he's pushed off the puck, and the possession is taken over by Dallas. Dallas skates in and floats one there. Kind of a backhand knuckle shot right there that's gloved down by Markstrom, and so play is stopped with just under 17 to go in regulation. And this is something that I actually meant to mention earlier. This is, of course, game two of the series between Dallas and Calgary. Calgary as a franchise has not won game two of a playoff series since the Western Conference Final against San Jose in 2004, 18 years ago. That is something I did not know. That is a big surprise to me. Yeah, it's. I mean, there have been, fortunately for, for Calgary fans, there have been a, a good number of playoff series in that time. Probably not as many as they would like as the Flames come on onside here and a slapper from just inside the right point by Brett Ritchie. And that one is pinned to the body by Ottinger. And I believe as the shot clock ticks up, that is his 20th save of the night. And yeah, the Flames, uh, I, I remember that series very well. Uh, back in the days when Martin Jelena was the eliminator for Calgary, uh, yeah, that's the last time they have won a game, too. So it's been many, many years, and hopefully they can turn history on its head here. And they have 16 minutes and 45 seconds to do so. And should the score not change, Dallas would take this series back to their home barn with the series even at one. So the faceoff is eventually won by Dallas in their own end, and the puck drifts back to Tanev at neutral ice. It's picked up and driven in right there by Trevor Lewis. He chips the puck down to himself and eventually loses possession. It's sent along by Heiskanen, uh, excuse me, Heiskanen. And there is a dump and chase started by Suter. Sagan in on the play in the far corner. Tanev with some pressure. Lewis is there as well. The Lucic line on here for Calgary. And they will take over possession and come out of their own zone. They chip in here. We'll go for the change. Four minutes have gone here in the third period. Puck is held behind his own net by Suter. Suter sends to the far boards, and Dallas skates this one through center ice. Nice zone entry right there. And Dallas has it in the far corner. Michael Backlund's turned around. The Flames trying to chip possession away to their own squad, and they do so. Mangipani is forced back behind his own net. And he loses possession at the half boards. Now the puck trickles all the way down. Have a potential icing here, and play will continue. Picked up by the Stars, and this one sneaks back towards center ice. Rasmus Anderson now with the puck. He skates backwards. Flames get set. Looking to come out of their own zone. They do so. This one's chipped in. 15 minutes and 10 seconds to play here in the third. 
Flames are looking to put some pressure on. Can't keep possession in the O-zone here. And coming out is Dallas. And there's a long shot from the blue line. That one's deflected away by Markstrom. And now Dallas in the near corner. We'll try to push this one back to the right point. They're unable to do so. But they do hold possession for the moment. This one's sent in and now knocked to the far corner. It's in the low slot area. Going to be picked up there by Callie Yarncroke. And Yarncroke skates this one out. He's on his offhand side, so he'll send this one around as the Flames try to chase it down. They do so successfully. Breaking in here is Gaudreau. Gaudreau tries to slide it by Volt. Can't get it through. Now here's, I think that's Chris Tanev. Chris Tanev with a shot attempt. And the puck will bounce off of a star's leg, and they'll chip this one back down. Johnny Gaudreau came streaking through there and had a great opportunity. He's been close a couple times tonight, John. This has been a good end-to-end so far between the second and third, that non-verbal handshake agreement that you talked about between both of these teams that wanted to play more offense north-south. We've seen that right now. 22 shots for Calgary, 18 for Dallas. Six minutes have gone here in the third period in Calgary. Uh, that is Milan Lucic getting checked down at the far half boards, but Calgary will hold the puck and knock this one back to center ice. And now it's back to the Dallas end. The puck is in the skates of one of the linesmen, and he actually gets caught up in a bit of a scrum there and Calgary tries to hold the puck there as Milan Lucic lays the body as he is often doing for this home team. The Calgary Flames looking to tie here as uh, time is uh, not winding down as of yet but uh, every moment they have an opportunity is another chance that they can to tie this game and uh, seven minutes have gone here or so in the con excuse me in the third period and Markstrom backhands this one along now Backlund with the puck Sent along to Rasmus Anderson, the right-hand shot defenseman tries to step into the slot area and loses control. It's picked up there by Hanley, and Joel Hanley will chip it down on his backhand. Second line out for Calgary, Tyler Toffoli with the puck at the left point. Touch pass down to Backlund. Backlund goes to the slot, but this one's deflected away. And John, for the second time tonight, my goodness, my friend, we have another cross-ice pass that's deflected up and over the glass. Not at an angle... Not end-to-end, but literally 90 degrees side-to-side. Side. I don't think I've seen one of those this year, and we have two in this playoff game. Yeah, and a, and a puck that was punched up and on a plane flip, like you said. I'm starting to notice within the last couple minutes as Calgary has got some possession and starting to get a chance in there, they're not electing to take as many shots from the point. They might be, for my liking, forcing a little bit too many cross passes into the slot. Maybe they're starting to feel like they can't beat Jake Ottinger, but I do feel like they need to kind of just continue to pressure those shots in from the blue line, look for rebounds, look for a greasy goal. There's still plenty of time left to do that before things have to get desperate. we still got over half a period left to go in the third. Absolutely, totally agree with you. And uh, I think a little of my fandom started to show there. I looked at the clock and thought to myself, you know, even with 13 minutes, I'm like, guys, you got to score. <laughs> But, no, you're absolutely right. And the only thing I will say is, and tell me what you think about this, what we've been calling during this game, uh, especially during the second period and the first portion of this third period, really is back-to-back -back action. And the only thing that's been missing is any noticeable sustained zone time for either team. Things are very back and forth, and it seems like neither team has really been successful at setting up, so to speak, absolutely. in the offensive zone. Do you, uh, do you agree with that? 100%. And there's a couple chances where we get a chance, maybe a missed shot, and then it goes back the other way immediately. 
No sustained zone time. It's been some fun to watch these guys go north and south that we talked about, especially from the second and third, because comparison to the heavy hitting and everything else in the first, which has been different. But yeah, no sustained zone pressure for either team right now, and that kind of speaks to the point of why it is one nothing. Oh my gosh, and I'm just seeing this on the TBS feed, so again, I'm getting credit here. And just this is NHL history. The last time a playoff series started with two final scores of one goal to zero... 1929, <laughs> what was then the NHL semifinals. So uh, it's been literally almost a hundred years <laughs> since teams have played this way, John. What is happening? Here weird. come the Flames. There's a shot right on by Elias Lindholm and great positioning yet again by Ottinger. Of course, my goal call interrupted what you were about to say. Please no, chime in on that no, century-old no, hockey facts. It's nothing too important, but we and I were wondering openly during the intermission whether or not we were seeing something that we haven't seen in a long time. It's almost been 100 years. That is the truth now. My gosh. Uh, not yet. 93 years or so <laughs> since, since teams have played this way. And with the way the game is in the NHL right now, my gosh, uh, definitely. This is the outlier in all of the eight series we have in this year's Stanley Cup playoffs so far. So play whistle dead yet again here. First line on for the Flames. 24 shots for Calgary, 18 for Dallas. one nothing visitors, thanks to Joe Pavelski, with his goal in the first. John, while we have a moment here, how are we looking in that Nashville-Colorado game? It is still 1-1 right now with a buck 42 left to go in the third, so overtime might be looming here for Nashville after getting their barn doors blown off in the first game. My goodness, what a turnaround for them, one they desperately needed. Is here comes the first line for the Flames. I'm sure you'll see some extended ice time for them. I want Darryl, I'm sure Daryl Sutter wants them to have as much opportunity as possible to create offense, which they've been so good at this year. And here's a point shot from Hannafin. Kachuk was in the slot, looked to get a stick blade on it, but that one goes wide, and now the puck is knocked back between the benches at center ice. So eight minutes gone here in the third period. And just a reminder, Dallas is with the only goal tonight. Oliver Shillington chases the puck down and backhands it over to his defensive pairing teammate Chris Tanev. Tanev can't maintain control, though. The puck does bounce into Dallas's end, and Trevor Lewis tied up with fellow number 20 Ryan Suter. Shillington with the puck yet again to the left of Markstrom. He's on his backhand, and he will tip this one back to Tanev. <clears throat> Pucked out of Dubé. He's on the left wing, as he has been fairly frequently tonight. He's moved his feet quite well, and he loses this puck, unfortunately, to Dallas. But a nice body right there. That one's deflected in, kept in, I think, by Good Branson there. It's up to see his number, and that is Eric Good Branson. He flicks this one in from the right point, but it hits a body. Dylan Dubé with a nice check right there, and then... A diving attempt. Radek Foxen knocks the puck to center ice. John, are we getting a penalty here? Are we getting a tripping call? I think we might. There was tons of tripping on both sides as Calgary was trying to keep that one in the zone, but now it's going to a commercial on my screen. So hopefully we get some clarification for everybody here soon. Yeah, I'm getting some. I'm still on the replays of Joe Pavelski's goal, which went uh, top shelf over Markstrom in the first period. And we are getting a television break right here, so we'll see. Uh, no, it looks like they're, uh, for me, they're coming back. And I don't believe a penalty was called, although we did see Radulov down on the ice. I I'm thought he may surprised. have been brought down by a stick. Very I'm surprised. sorry? I'm very surprised that there was no penalty call either way. 
Uh, agreed. Yeah, with Radulov going down the way he did, I thought that uh, it could have been good Branson who got a stick in on him. But apparently, no whistle for a penalty here. So five on five continues. 11-11 left in the third period. And the Flames looking to tie this game. Zadorov, as John and I were talking about during the intermission, former Colorado Avalanche man, he tried to get the puck out of the zone, unable to do so. It's kept in by John Klingberg. Now that Dallas starts with a backhand shot attempt, puck loose right in the crease. It's loose, and they're jamming away. And it's covered up there by Markstrom. And now mixed up with multiple flames is Denis Gurionov. He's in a headlock by the relatively diminutive Andrew Manjupani, and Zadorov is in there. He'll be able to take down anyone he well pleases. We're getting a look at the replay here. And a nice backhand shot saved by Markstrom's left pad. We see that Klingberg had that nice backhand shot. And then the puck bounced off of Good Branson's skate, and eventually Markstrom's able to cover up and get the whistle. Yeah, that was an excellent save there by Markstrom through the back end of Klingberg through all sorts of traffic there to be able to keep this within one. The scoreline certainly could be different. I mean, of course, we're still at one nothing as we near the the middle of this third period. As a shot comes through traffic yet again, it's loose just outside the crease, and the Flames are able to tap this one out of their own zone. And at neutralized, Johnny Gaudreau touches it back to Rasmus Anderson. He's got a retreat back, actually runs into one of the officials. So the Flames knock this one all the way down to the Dallas end. Elias Lindholm in on the forecheck, and this one's left at the half boards. Fighting for it there is Anderson. He's rubbed off the puck by Yanni Hockenpah. Puck bounces back to the red line at center ice. Flames control near their blue line, and it's back to the Dallas blue line. Here comes Cadreau. He is walking left to right, and it's touched back here. There's a slap shot and a nice glove save as we have 10.06 to go. Oliver Shillington, the left shot defenseman for the Flames, puts one right on. That is the Flames' 25th shot of the night, and they're still looking to get one past this 23-year-old netminder. John, I mean, you got to hand it to him. Great performance by the Stars yeah, goalie. It's, it's been a great performance in that, but that's what I was calling for, Cooper, honestly. Those slap shots in there from the point, that was a great look by Shillington. Also, some great puck movement there for Calgary. We need more of that. So once again, we have the 91s facing off against one another, and Kelly Yarncroke beats Sagan on, on the draw. And it's held by Coleman. There's another shot that makes it through. I think the Flames, uh, as John was just mentioning, perhaps Daryl Sutter and his team have decided to just put the puck on net and hope for the best as Blake Coleman risks one right into Ottinger's stomach. Whether or not you agree with this offensive philosophy, I think when we get to the 10-minute mark when your team's down by one, this is usually the go and press time. So we'll see what happens here with the Flames. So the same line's on here. And back-to-back face-offs won by Calgary. Shillington looks to take a shot. Now there's a lost stick. The puck is loose, and yet again it's caught. And Ottinger just flicks that puck back down to the ice like he's not even bothered. What a performance tonight. And a couple of flames there getting mixed up in some extracurriculars. So we'll take a commercial break here. 9.54 to go in the third period. The flames with a few shots here in a row. An excellent job by the squad, but uh, still nothing past Ottinger. Man, Jake, or, or John, what is it going to take for the Flames to get the uh, equalizer tonight? I, 
I think when we looked at about it from the beginning of it, like you talked about sustained pressure, it seems like Calgary's finally starting to get some of that, especially with the last few possessions. That was a great back pass there from Gaudreau to get that one back to Shillington for some shots. But I think it's going to take a lot more of that. I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat it or try to come up with anything crazy. Keep that good puck movement, get some shots, and keep testing Ottinger. If he's going to stand on his head and maybe steal this game, that's fine. But when he comes back into Dallas, again, you might think, you know, you're not going to feel as much pressure being at home, but this guy knows he has to be a number one for Dallas in order for them to even have a chance to win this series. He's doing that right now, but who knows if he's going to continue to do that throughout the entire series. That's a great point. And, you know, I, I want to give credit to something that you've mentioned a couple of times. I think regardless of the outcome of tonight's game, uh, barring, barring something very unexpected in the remaining nine 50 in this regulation barring something that we you know couldn't predict if play continues the way it has even if dallas takes the game steals it as you said if ottinger stands on his head and they even the series at one of i think calgary would still be solidly favored to take the series yeah uh is this the kind of series is this type of play something that you think prepares a team for greater success as they move forward in a playoff run or is this an anomaly are they going to have to shift mindset and shift play as they move forward no no i don't i think this is one of those things that calgary really needs again i don't think they were tested that much throughout the pacific all year in my opinion i know we've talked about some ebbs and flows maybe 10 or 15 games at a time but i think this is something that calgary needs to go through right now they get through this series, I feel like win, lose, or draw, they should feel pretty confident about the way that they played here in Game 2. I wouldn't really try to change much. You just want to get some finishing on the Calgary side. And finishing on the Dallas side, because we haven't seen a lot of goals, just two within these two games right now. Exactly right, and we have another offensive zone draw for Calgary, and the puck is bouncing around here. It's at the far half boards, eventually won back by Dallas. Chasing down the puck is Essa Lindell. And the puck will be sent down all the way to Calgary's end. It's picked up there by Tanev. He's smashed into the glass. And in the near corner, there's a fight for the puck, which includes uh, Callie Yarncroke and Dylan Dubé. Also in on that was Jamie Benn for the Stars. The Flames currently have possession. They send this one around in their own end. And it's to Dubé on the left side. He's a neutralized. Gets knocked off the puck there by Gurianov. Dallas has it near their own blue line. Gurianov backhands to Miro Heiskanen. And this one eventually sneaks back to Calgary's end, where it's picked up by Rasmus Anderson. He's on with the second forward unit for Calgary, which includes Michael Backlund and Tyler Toffoli. Andrew Mangiapane also down in the near corner. Puck is knocked back to center ice. Noah Hannafin back over to Rasmus Anderson. Now Mangiapane with it. Good defense there to cut off Mangiapane, but it goes back to the right point. This one's tipped through. Puck is loose to the left of Ottinger. Tyler Toffoli tries to gain control, can't do so. But the Stars can't get it past about the center red line, and Noah Hannafin sends it back around. Mangiapane was on the forecheck, and we have a high-stick call. Looks like the puck was handled by a high-stick. Uh, John, are you seeing the same thing here? Brett Ritchie is, uh, is protesting with the officials. Yeah, I just see playing blown dead at this point right now. So no penalty calls, just going to reset this one in the neutral zone. So again, we've covered it a few times. There hasn't been much to cover, but Joe Pavelski with the only goal tonight, a deflected shot, 
from the point. They get it past Markstrom in the first period. The Flames with 27 shots. Dallas with 19. Calgary currently with possession. Trevor Lewis tries to sneak by Luke Glendening there. And now in the near corner is Brett Ritchie. Along Lucic. Looking to keep the puck in the offensive zone. And is unable to do so as the pass is deflected off of a stick and into the bench area. So eight minutes and three seconds to go here in the third. And uh, I was a little early getting nervous as an admitted Flames fan. I uh, saw the, the, the time ticking down into the 13 and 12 range. And now we're under 10 minutes and soon we'll be under eight. So, John, if you're the Flames, are you still employing the shoot from anywhere strategy? I think until you get about the three-minute mark at this point, you do. Dallas hasn't shown me that they're going to be able to try to get a second goal right now. So stick with it for the next four minutes and see what happens. Excellent point. It does look like uh, Dallas is shelling up, so to speak. Uh, Elias Lindholm was waved out of the face-off circle, and now the puck is loose. A back pass is being chased down there by Glenn Denning, and luckily the Flames were able to get back. There's some hard hitting in the near corner. Johnny Gaudreau skates all the way back, and his... Fleet feet pick up the puck. He's on his forehand. It loses an edge, though, but is still able to touch the puck down into the corner. And now here comes Dallas trying to bank the pass off the glass to himself is Tyler Sagan. And the Flames now have possession. They skate past the flames of the flaming sea there, and Johnny Gaudreau's shot attempt bounces wide of Ottinger's net. And Sagan now has control. He'll chip this one into the near corner, and it's chased down by Denis Gurionov. He can't hold in, though, as we have 7 minutes and 10 seconds to play here in the third. Blake Coleman just avoids a check. Here comes Callie Yarncroke. He's going to touch it over to Dubé. Dubé slides it back down to the corner and picked up there by Blake Coleman in the trapezoid. This one will slide all the way back to the right point now. Coleman, behind the net, tries to bank it in off of Ottinger and almost does so successfully. Looks like that one hit the elbow, the right elbow of Ottinger, but actually bounced out in front of the goalie, and he's able to cover pretty easily pretty calmly so i'm not sure if that'll be counted as a shot but uh blake coleman really taking the shoot from anywhere approach yeah within the last maybe say a couple periods here calgary's really pressured dallas and have about like an 18 shot advantage over the last beginning of the first period so i mean they're really out shooting dallas right now at this point it doesn't look like it because it's 28 19 but dallas was up i think 12 to 1 to start you're absolutely right, and uh, and with Thunder 7 to go here, I'm curious to see how much time we're going to get from Daryl Sutter and his top line. Right now, the second line is out. Noah Hannafin just sends this one down and tries to bank it off of the glass behind Ottinger, but Dallas will take control. That one's moved along by Rope Hints, but the puck is loose and slides down to the Calgary side of the ice, and Rasmus Anderson has it there, although Backlund's pass attempt is off of a skate, and he has to retreat all the way back behind his goalie, and that one is loose in front, a bad giveaway by Michael Backlund, a little bit unlucky and just a little bit foolish right there, and Markstrom has to come to the aid of his team unexpectedly, fortunately does so for Flames fans, but six minutes and ten seconds to go here in the third, not a great sequence right there, and the second unit is now off for the Flames, we see Trevor Lewis and Brett Ritchie fighting for the puck with Glenn Denning. And the Stars will hold in. Here comes Klingberg. Slap shot attempt well wide of the net. And the shot was so hard that it actually rattles all the way back down. Ottinger 
controls and leaves for Joel Hanley. 28-20 the shots now. one nothing the score. It's been that way since the first period. It's almost the mirror image of the Flames game one against these Dallas Stars. Puck is chipped over to Matthew Kachuk by Markstrom. It's not out of the Flames end, though. And now they knock it. No correction. It's held in right there. Nice back pass by Jamie Benn. He had a streaking forward there behind him. I was unable to see the numbers. Now coming the other way are the Flames. Johnny Gaudreau turns it back, tries to go high slot, maybe did too much. Now the Flames collide into each other. Here comes Jamie Benn, two on one. There's a shot save made by Markstrom. Unbelievable action right here. I, I can't say it's the cleanest hockey we've ever seen. We've had a few mistakes here, John, a couple primarily by Calgary. As that puck is shot off of the boards behind Markstrom, he decides not to cover up, and the Flames promptly give it away, and Dallas has another shot attempt. Inside five minutes here, not sure what's happening with the Flames, just a little bit of overthinking, it seems, and Dallas holds possession in the near corner. Yeah, Cooper, it's, it's looking a little bit like it's turning edge here, so once Calgary gets to within this next minute, because i got about 4.30 left here, you might be looking for the timeout here from Daryl Sutter and reorganize the troops. Absolutely. As uh, Nikita Zadorov starts the rush here, he actually leaves that one for Elias Lindholm. Uh, make, that, make that Coleman as he tries to sharp angle shot from down low. No danger there for Ottinger. So the Stars have closed the shot numbers a little bit. It's 28-22 in favor of Calgary as Noah Hannafin chases the puck down to the far corner. He tries to pass this one to Mangiapane, and that scoots through the slot. Dallas again had a near high-danger opportunity. Rasmus Anderson with the puck now tries to slow things down, goes cross-ice to Noah Hannafin. Noah Hannafin passes across a couple of lines, formerly an illegal pass if you were a fan of the NHL back in the 90s. Tyler Toffoli now in the trapezoid, holds the puck. Nice job to keep possession there. Shillington goes cross-ice to Tanev. Tanev has trouble keeping the puck on his stick. And with 3.45 to play here, one of the stars is spun down. No penalty called. Could have been a potential holding right there on the Flames to Foley. Now down for the stars in the near corner is Joel Hanley. Flames keep it in. There's a shot. That one is off of the iron, I believe. As Tyler Toffoli goes far post and he can't find the net. That was one of the best chances of the period for the home squad. Yeah. And it's chipped in. Uh, John, please go ahead. No, we got I, some good action here. I, I tried not to scream in front of that, but that one just went right off the post there, and that was Calgary's chance. They've looked discombobulated <laughs> over the last three and a half here, but here comes Dallas one more time. Absolutely, and I, again, appreciate you being so patient. I know your feed is a few seconds ahead of mine, <laughs> and so you're, you are in the future, my friend. I'm just, uh, I'm just catching up to you. But Milan Lucic there in his own zone is able to intercept the Dallas pass and now tries to stretch this one ahead, but I believe, oh, I thought that was going to be an offside call, but no whistle there. So here comes Yanni Hockenpah for Dallas. He's going to send this one along for Rope Hints. And now we have the play whistle dead. Tyler Toffoli shown on the TBS feed here. He missed tying this game by about three inches. And with 2.44 to go here in regulation, it's one nothing Dallas. And we'll come back after this commercial break. John, my goodness, if nothing else, even if the score stays the same, this has been a heck of a hockey game. Oh, absolutely. And I will say one thing. Maybe you can take back some of the things I said before we scored ahead and start the third period because Calgary's had a couple turnovers here that have not been to the liking of Daryl Sutter, I can imagine. This was the point that we talked about as we got about seven minutes left. You wanted to see Calgary have more chances and not kind of get a little bit too crazy about what they're doing. They've dodged several bullets here within the last four minutes because now we're about 240, 
Let's see, 244 left here in the third period. They've dodged some several bullets with some odd man rushes here for Dallas. So I think the timeout right now from the media side comes at the perfect time. Again, Daryl Sutter can still elect to use his timeout, rally the troops, figure this out. You have a chance right now. We're probably getting close to the point where Jacob Markstrom is going to be pulled. And I'm glad I will say this. Again, I know uh, Jeff Blaschel is no longer the coach of the Red Wings here. Sir Daryl Sutter would not pull the goalie with six minutes left, even though there's only 244, but that's what some of these coaches do. But I think you're probably getting within the next 40 seconds a chance for Markstrom to get the net pulled and have Calgary have their shot to try to even this one up. As bad as it might have looked for Calgary on some of these odd man rushes, they have a chance right now. 2.44 left, it's just one nothing. Even this up and go up two games to nothing. Again, I said maybe 2-1 at the end of this. It might be pretty close, but Calgary needs to make something happen here. They can't have those last four minutes because otherwise it will be over. My goodness, seeing the slow motion replay here of Tyler Toffoli's shot, he got that shot through Klingberg's legs. Oh, and the disappointment on his face on the bench. He was an inch or two, maybe three away from tying this game. So great effort by Tyler Toffoli, Stanley Cup winner with the Los Angeles Kings back in 2014. And the Flames fans here in the Saddle Dome are rooting their team on. They know what Matthew Kachuk knows. All they need is .1 seconds. Uh, and actually, I want to give Toffoli credit. He also won the Cup with uh, the Kings in 2012. So he's got his name on the Cup twice. And these Flames are trying to get their names, many of them, on the Cup just once, which is hard enough to do. So 2.20 to go here in the third period. 29-22 the shots in favor of Calgary. Cali Yarncroke sends this one over to Chris Tanev, former Vancouver Canuck. He retreats back to his own end. We'll see what happens here as we close down on the two-minute mark, as John was saying. It looks like Markstrom will be heading out of the net momentarily. Not sure what Daryl Sutter's plan is, but we'll see shortly. Now Elias Lindholm unable to maintain control in the offensive zone. It's chipped forward. Tanev chasing the puck down. He's got pressure there, and it's going to be taken by Dallas. 1.50 to go here in the third. It's passed back behind the net and picked up by Shillington. Shillington tries to skate it out. He's able to drop it off for Gaudreau. Gaudreau, the fastest flame. He sends this one in and tries to chase down. Flames fans on their feet now. Looking to get a better view or potentially just push their team over the line. I mean, all they need is one goal, but it's been so hard to come by in this series as Rasmus Anderson sends it down. Gaudreau looks for the puck at the near half boards, unable to find it, and Dallas gains control. Empty net now for the Flames, and that's actually an icing call. So excellent development here for Calgary, about as good as you could hope for. I'm not sure the Stars intended to push the puck that far down the ice, but they do so. And as the rules state, that puck will come back into Dallas's end for a face-off. John, I am, uh, I mean, I'm just not, I won't say stunned, but what we've seen here in this game is just incredible, and we're about to see history, potentially, if Flames can't score for the first time since 1929 in the NHL playoffs, the ser a series will start with back-to-back 1-nothing scorelines. So that puck is picked up by Dallas as I make that statement. And that, my friends, is the end of our history-making attempt. Dallas will get the victory here as the empty net goal is in. 2 nothing Dallas. And we'll be heading to American Airlines Arena. Raffle, who better? After his promotion, Daryl Sutter, 
very disappointed on the bench. And this game will very likely end up 2 nothing tonight. John, what are some takeaways for these teams as this is going to be it for tonight's contest? Dallas is going to go back home absolutely elated and feel like they stole something here. I'm going to be honest with you. You talked about some of the defensive zone draws. They got better here in the third period. You just got an icing here for Calgary. An offensive zone draw, you lose it and give up a goal there. But we got an empty net one more time with 50 seconds left. Yes, we do. So we're just inside a minute here. The Flames with six skaters on is kept in there by Coleman. And that one's going to be pushed out. It looks like we may end up 3 nothing, but a nice poke check right there by, I believe, Noah Hannafin. Yes, it was. There's a loose stick on the ice here. The Flames chipped this one to neutral ice. 43 seconds to go. 2 nothing Dallas after the raffle empty netter. 38 seconds to go now. Pressure down low by Blake Coleman. Flames trying desperately to get this puck out of the corner, and they're able to do so. Coleman on the backhand, it trickles through and bounces back to the near corner. Noah Hannafin, that shot through is deflected up by Coleman. That hits the netting, so with 20.5 seconds to go, the Flames are still desperate for anything. It looks almost certain to be a Stars victory, and John, as you were saying, I think you're right. Dallas is stealing one here, and uh, of course it will be very, very interesting to see what kind of momentum this creates for the Stars. Yeah, we've talked about all the checkmark boxes here for Calgary. I would expect them to come out buzzing here in Game 3 and try to just pressure Ottinger as much as they can. So once again, an offensive zone faceoff is lost by Calgary. But they are able to keep it into the blue line. Johnny Gaudreau with a nice touch pass, but that's immediately lost by Yarncroke. And now Rasmus Anderson trying to prevent the Stars from gaining control of the puck. It's going to be knocked down and just to the wide side of the net. And we have, I was going to say icing, but <laughs> I was so distracted by what the Flames were attempting. Didn't realize the game has come to a close. So, folks, that's going to be it. 2 nothing. your final score. An incredible shutout performance by Ottinger in net for Dallas. And the Flames, with their tails between their legs a bit here, they had an incredible opportunity to take a 2-0 series lead, unable to do so. So after a one-goal game, hey, we have literally 100% more scoring tonight. <laughs> Two goals for the Stars, thanks to Joe Pavelski and an empty netter by Raffle. And that is your final from the Scotiabank Saddle Dome, 2-0, and we'll head to Dallas even in this series. I just want to make a mention of this. I know within the last, what, seven minutes to three minutes left in that four-minute four stretch period, Calgary turned the puck over, it seemed like, seven or eight times in their own end, which created offensive chance after offensive chance. There was a lot of things to like about Calgary, especially you know going into that third, toward the end of that, Daryl Sutter is going to know that he's going to want some clean-up. And I imagine, like I said, going into that in the next couple days, we're going to have our next game on Saturday here in this series, things are going to look a little bit different. I imagine Calgary is going to go ahead and break out. Look, Ottinger stole one here tonight, as we talked about, but I make no bones about it. I think there's going to be all offense here to start Game 3 here for Calgary as they look to make a push and go up 2-1 after the series has been evened. Yeah, listen, John, as you've done all night, an incredible point. You've made great points and observations all night long, and I think you're right. I think that the Flames can trust themselves defensively. You know, one tip-in goal 
So not really a fully clean opportunity on the goal scored by Pavelski. He was left with space, and he did what he does so often. Made a nice tip on a shot from the point. And then the other goal being an empty netter. So I agree with you. I think the Flames need to trust their defense. Obviously, they can trust Jacob Markstrom. Uh, he's only given up the one goal in these two games. But on the other side, it's got to be an offensive focus because the, the Calgary Flames scoring one goal in six periods of hockey? It's not a how, many, how many times this year have we said that? No. Maybe once or no. twice. No, it's, it's not acceptable. That needs to change. I understand 1-1. Again, I'm not trying to say end of the world of anything, but Dallas is going to feel like they stole this game here tonight. I expect a much better effort offensively for Calgary. And for Dallas, again, look, Jake Ottinger played great. This is probably their extent of how good they can play offensively. Yeah, you might see a crazy game here in Game 3 or Game 4. That could happen. But this is the extent of what Dallas is going to be able to do and how they need to be able to win if they have a chance to win this series. Are they going to be able to hold out Calgary the whole time? I don't think so. So expect Calgary to play a much better game when they travel to American Airlines Arena.